Hello, folks. On this week's show, we take a dive into Warhammer Plus and ask the question, is it worth it for you? We also take a look at all the week's gaming news and some excellent Kickstarters and indies. On top of all of that, from store.ontabletop.com, one lucky subscriber will get a chance to win Kill Team Octarius when we hit 100,000 subs. So please like the video, subscribe to the channel, and you can be in with a chance to win. But right now, sit back and relax, because your weekend starts here. Hello everybody, we're back again for another fun-filled week of hobby news, and I have with me this week a John, released into the wild once more. Hola yep. John. Hola. So, Brother Lloyd is here to steer us through some of the more complicated pictures and images <laughs> we want to see, with only the necessary amount of clicking required, and of course the other half of the Tasty Boys, it's nearest and dearest Ben. Hello. So we know who we are. You know who we are. Let's get on with the show. Uh, first up, uh, the Ice Maiden is being released this week. It's a honking chunk of Pie Creek resin for uh, War Cradle's Dystopian Wars. Oh, do we um, have one in the studio? We we have had one in the studio. Yeah. John's even splattered paint across it. I have, yeah. Mm, is it still in the cool. studio? Still in the studio. For a limited time only, Lloyd, until uh, it goes back home with me. Is it is it within grabbing reach? No. Oh, I'd have, to, I'd, have to, I'd have to run out of the room and grab it. But we don't need to, do we? Because you're gonna, there is a videos and stuff about it. There yep. is indeed, yeah. So uh, Justin got a chance to unbox the Ice Maiden fleet set, which is a massive fleet in a box. Uh, and then we also have a, a little bit of a a walk through, I suppose, the Imperium fleet. Well, let's and, see. Uh, the Ice Maiden as well with myself and John, which is uh, a separate video later on. Coolio. So he just takes us through the... Whoa, that is big. I haven't, a, I haven't uh, seen this in comparison to people's hands before. It's a chunking piece it's, of resin. It, yeah, it is a very chunk. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to remove a ship, we learned from the Titanic the best way to do it is to crash into it with an iceberg. And uh, <laughs> if you've got the iceberg already, you may as well stick planes on it. I very think true, it's yeah. planes and guns and float your way to victory. And that is exactly what they're doing. Cool. Is the other vlog out? Do you guys paint it in the other vlog? Yes. Sort of, sort of paint it. Yeah. John, <laughs> John splashes some color on it. Um, we have a look at a couple of different sort of fleet options as well for the Imperium uh, with yeah, the Elector so, and the Templehof. Yeah, so that should have been out today when you're watching this. Mm -hmm. So you should be able to go and check that out. And that's going to be uh, a look through kind of like, as Jerry was saying, how you build the fleet up and everything like that and what it looks like compared to everything else at the table because you obviously it's nice to get a sort of like an idea of scale and that kind of thing which yeah, is always yeah. cool and there uh, john slaps some paint on it and does a really awesome little time lapse thing so if you've not seen it already make sure to go and check it out so, yeah. yeah and that's out now is it it'll pre be out now yes pre-order at the minute is it is this last yeah, 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 yeah. 
It's the so last the, day of pre-order, yeah. Yeah, today is the last pre-orders. You can go and get it over on Wayland Games. Uh, download it. Well, download it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, buy it. <laughs> you wouldn't and, download uh, a car. So you can buy it. And um, as Jerry was saying, it's part of that Battle Fleet set. So it's not just the Ice Maiden. You get the rest of the Imperium stuff as well. Look, Trains so, Lloyd. Yeah. Oh, hi, a ship, a ship with trains on it. Where is it? It's gone away again. Oh, oh that's the one you're on. Where is it? There you go. See? Oh, Choo-choo yeah, trains. yeah, trains. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, nice. If you're looking to get into dystopian wars with the Prussians, yes. then yeah. this is an excellent way of doing it because you don't need anything else. It, and the color is. scheme is very forgiving for them, too. Yes. Yeah. Look, this one's even got train tracks right there. Uh, oh, they all have them. <laughs> you know, the, the whole idea behind the fleet is they roll on and roll off the weapons they require. So if they need a missile launcher and a, a oh. generator, they'll wheel it on. If they don't, they'll wheel it off and wheel some big guns on instead. I didn't know that. They're very modular people, very yeah. Germanic. Efficient. <laughs> Efficient. Efficient. So that's what the flatbed at the back is. Literally, you turn, turn up at the dock, they connect mm. another bit of railway, and on it goes, the railgun. Yep. Oh, sweet. It's a, it's a lovely way they've, they've done the, the Prussians. I like that they actually have a modularity rule where they can swap the locations of some of the guns and things like that. So, yeah, it's what interesting. About, what about this thing here? Because I know there's different options. Is there any magnetizing options? Oh, yeah. You, could, mag- you could magnetize all of the pieces on that, I think. Because there's three um, different variants of the Ice Maiden. Yeah. Basically, I think it's because of the guns at the front change between the variants. Correct, Mundo. Um, there, I don't think any pieces used multiple times that would prevent you from doing it. I know on some of the ships, there are certain pieces that are required for each of the gun variants, so you could magnetize them, but then it becomes very fiddly because you're dealing with sort of thin layers. But for the Ice Maiden, it's a big hunking chunk of resin. Um, <laughs> you should be able to, John, don't you think? Uh, yeah, because most of the, well, all the weapons on the ship are off the plastic sprues anyway. Hmm. So, I mean, you could magnetize every weapon that comes off those sprues and just decide what you're doing. Anyway, uh, apart from the dystopian goodness of the wars, um, we are going to move on and take a look at some Muppets with our Indie of the Week. So this week, if Brother Lloyd has it, we're going to take a look at Zombie Smith. I I, I love, I love that. We continue to get even more of this lovely Jerry's ASMR variant of the Indie of the Week as we go. It's fantastic stuff. I, I, I'm not a big fan of shouting like a shouty thing. <laughs> so, Zombie Smith. Um, mm. A variety of stuff from 6mm to 15mm to 28mm. And covers a whole slew of genres as well. Mostly fantasy and sci-fi. and mostly completely bat guano insane <laughs> oh um, no, oh this is so hard to use oh yeah oh no you, you don't press any of those buttons you can see why i kept this one for you lloyd <laughs> oh and the buttons the side back and forth don't work arrow keys oh no i oh, know but it, if you just <laughs> if you scroll over it it does yeah see mm, ah, isn't it excellent fantastic there we, go. there we go right you've already started clicking i see i'm going to try and steer you away from the clicking there but robots, man, robots. Yeah, well, you know, there's oh. there's grey aliens. If you oh, play a card oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. I'm tuned My in. God, where have you gone? <laughs> right. <laughs> there we go. Horror. We'll start with horror. Horror's relatively simple. There's not much in here. There's a lot of stuff you can use the Zombie Smith bits and pieces for. Obviously, having a Camp Grizzly base set 
is, cool. is just a hacker with a lovely bear mask slaughtering <laughs> his way through the innocent teenagers yeah. at uh, Camp Grizzly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, what more needs to be said, really? Sort of a, a black site sort of... Um, oh, yeah, DM, don't look back Don't style. look back yeah. type of thing. I was thinking it would match well with a lot of stuff from studio miniatures as well, because yeah. they do their kind of like horror genre stuff as well. That would hmm. be the... So that's nice. like, if, you're gonna, in... if you're going to play things incorrectly, like an RPG, you could use it for some <laughs> horror games. But yes, there was something popped up in the news that this would be perfect for. I spotted it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so Blacksite uh, they released their Camp Northwood terrain set, um, which is for D- Don't Look Back. Hmm. Um, but all of this PDF, PDF, God's sake, MDF terrain. Jesus, I'm downloading everything in my mind apparently this week. But all this terrain can be put together uh, for like 28, 32 mil horror themed war games. So that and that are where to go. Yeah, would just be a match made in heaven. Yeah. So pretty that, perfect. That that's great. Oh yeah, pretty perfect if you're doing anything for Halloween, uh, which is mm. pretty awesome. And all this stuff. Um, is, is is pre-painted as well from the guys at Black Site. So if you're interested in that, what can... the stuff I was just looking at? Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all pre-coloured. That stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. sweet. What about these ones? Another set of them? Yeah, another set. Less less cutesy. <laughs> I'm assuming that that is uh, somebody fighting back against our delightful grizzly bird man, which is a shame, really, because all he wants to do is give cuddles uh, and <laughs> hack people to death with a hatchet. But you know, cuddles. Cool. Moving on then. What's next? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, shall shall we take a look at the most important thing of all, which I know Ben is dying to talk about, which is the War of the Ashes. War of Ashes Muppet Vikings. Oh. I mean, that, that title alone is a winner for mm. me. That's so. What do uh, I do? Well, Just click so, one. Oh, here we go. You, you click anyone you want. I wouldn't click the rulebook ones at the oh. start. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to have a look, the link is there for the PDF. Um, not there in the show notes. Oh, okay. Um, the PDFs are available for free, and there are multiple games on Zombie Smith's website. So, Shield Wall is the masked battle game. Shield Bash is a skirmish game. In case you want to do, you know, Muppet Vikings fighting over the deck of a longboat, <laughs> then that would be the system to use. And don't go bigger than two by two, really, as far as your board goes. If you hit two, uh, four by four, you've gone too far. But they're they're like 160 page full color rule books. Um, Can you see the book? Yeah, we can. And and these, I think, show off the sort of things you're going to be seeing when you start going through the actual miniatures because they all have a very. They are unbelievably cute. (laughs) Muppet feel. Muppet violence is the best kind of violence. (laughs) Um, So you get the whole history of the world, the maps. Uh, Shield Bash is the same. I think it's, it's about six pages shorter. Um, so it's not just a, here's 12 pages of rules for our, our miniatures. This is a, a lived-in world that has been developed over at uh, Zombie Smith. And I just think they're absolutely amusing. And when you start to get into the minis, you'll see that the, the character of this comes across with their big, round, muppety heads, their big, flappy Canadian mouths. <laughs> they're, you know, they're just excellent. Okay, well, let's see. How do we get to the minutes? Uh, so, any of the bonds below. So, after the two rule books, everything below those is oh, that's the, another that's rule, book. rule book. <laughs> uh, uh, everything below the rule books. There we go. Lloyd's back. He is back. <laughs> Clicking on all fingers oh, is probably a good go. way to go. 
So the Atroians are kind of, I, I get a very water feel from them. I haven't been through the full history yet. Look, look at the size of those pictures, Lloyd. You see why I kept this for you? I love you, mate. That, that's, that's... I see you dying inside every time you click on something. Ah, there we go. Mm, take that. Find a oh, bigger. Oh, what a shame. But yeah, um, obviously each of them have a sort of distinct flavor in some mm -hmm. regard, but within the, the whole world, they are still very Muppety. Is that, is that a word? Muppety? It Muppety. is now. It is, it now, is yeah. now. You should have a look at the... Uh, yeah, that, the Grongnil, <laughs> and also the Critters. Uh, I think most factions have access to some form of Critters or animal dog-like things, like the mm -hmm. Canids, which are just particularly weird. Fear the angry, what sort of, is that like a wheel guinea pig thing <laughs> on the like left? What is, yeah. I mean, what? They remind me of the kind of things you would have seen in a, like, a, a very small American production that would have gone onto like Saturday morning TV in the yeah. UK on CITV or something back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can definitely <laughs> see that. You know, yeah. after Probably. finger bobs comes you know whale guinea pigs. Yeah. Probably some good eating in that though, because oh, probably, apparently so. guinea pigs are quite tasty. Tastes like pig. Yeah, well, surprisingly, yeah, it's, it's it's the equivalent of a Sunday roast for people in Peru. I think that's it. Yeah. I love but, the guinea rats. Yeah. Uh, the Elvorax are quite nice as well, and the Vidar and the Jarl are some of the favourites. I think it was the Elvorax the, uh, and the, was it the Vidar that you were saying there? They were the ones that were kind of the focus of one of their latest Kickstarters, I think mm. it was, because they were trying to make it so that you had those two kind of forces as the mainstays. <laughs> so that was really cool. So, yeah. Torturing me with these. Oh, there we go. There nice, Megan. Yeah. Am I torturing you with these pictures, Lloyd? Yeah. That almost makes it sound like that. I've had this waiting in the sidelines for you to come back for months. <laughs> and and yet, that's exactly what happened. The thing that I quite like about these, uh, just in terms of the sculpts themselves and kind of what they promote from a hobby perspective, is that it kind of allows you to dive into something that's a little dark age, but also add like a massive splash of like poppy colours. Mm. So you can really go to town on it and have fun with it and play around with like fur textures and things on the their bodies and their heads and stuff. Like yeah, that, and, cool. and you so. could go completely, completely Muppets on them, you know, mm -hmm. bright primary yeah, yeah. monster colours or what's that one from Monsters, Inc.? Scully? Oh, yeah, Scully. Yes, yeah, the yeah. big blue guy. Yeah. Sure. That one, oh, no. yes, with all the yes. polka dots on him. Is Scully the blue guy or is he the... Scully's the blue guy. And yeah. I can't remember the other guy's called. But... Sully. Sully, not Scully. Sully. Scully. Scully was the redhead from the X-Files. <laughs> Different, completely different. Yeah. Although at the same time, similar. <laughs> I kind of get a, a bit of vibes of. Um, do you remember the game Relics? Yes. Yeah. It's got yeah. it's got a bit of that vibe to it. Sort of a darker yep. but quirky. Yeah, kind of I, with especially with their patchwork doll type feel. Yeah. The yeah. Britannans or something. Yes, that battle. was it. Yeah. Because yeah. I, was... I, I still have an army of those somewhere. Oh, Look at man. that. That's good. They're they're not far away from some sort of dark crystal esque very much Henson so, yeah. workshop monster. See how the, the Muppet theme goes throughout these. Or oh, that's a Muppet riding a man in a green green suit, one of those morph suits. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna put in legs and post. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or that's a Muppet riding two men. But yes. Because the true, legs yeah. at the front is just his yeah. arms sticking out for the head. Yeah. And then the guy at the back's holding onto his waist. <laughs> The TV production is coming to life. Before it it I'm writes itself. 
So apparently these are also very good for Muppet versions of 7TV. Who knew? Um, Man, the Yarr are cool. Yeah. I think after the Yarr, we'll sort on because there's so much more to see on this website that isn't just Muppet Viking. <laughs> Muppet Viking. We have to get to the Muppet in space. Uh, they're so awesome. I think it's a really nice idea to have something, as I was saying, that's like an alternative to kind of like traditional fantasy stuff. Because a lot of times you'd see something that was done kind of like Dark Age yeah. fantasy done with like elves and dwarves and all that kind of thing. But obviously they've gone, no, we're going to do something completely different and we're going to throw a whole bunch of weird Muppets into the mix. Yeah. And at the, same, really nice. yeah, so. at the same time, you've got, um, oh, you should definitely have a look at Free Jaloof. Right, uh, so we've gone into we've gone into Muppets Project in ah! Muppets in Space. I love it's pro- Project Ah, <laughs> and remember that should be pronounced Muppets in Space. Of course, People yeah. of an age, uh, but again, really quirky. I think Muppet Field sci-fi. Oh, oh, oh. with games at the moment like Stargrave oh, being so yeah. popular. Well, five yeah. five parsecs, five parsecs, yeah, and yeah. rogue stars picking up unusual alien races and civilians and general hangers-on to populate your boards, mm-hmm. and these are so far out of left field. Now, there's a whole slew of, of other sci-fi stuff that we will be looking at because there's some interesting things in there. Obviously, there's the greys in there for Lloyd uh, oh, later oh. on, but oh. you know we'll get to them. Yeah, there's another there is a rule set for this as well which is also available as a, a free pdf nice. there's also hard they sell hardback hard copy versions of the books as well um which you have to pay cash money for but i do like the fact that you can get the pdfs um gratis and and have we poke around and also these i like these are they, 20, did you say 28, those are 28 mil scale they're 28 mil scale but they're <laughs> tiny it's tiny little swarm Wow. The squats have returned. Yeah. Oh, I think these are smaller than squats. That, those are I've adorable. Got bigger than those. Oh, this. Are the eyes modeled in then? Is that a model? Yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think they are. That's the little, or, little face behind this. Or visors, yeah. those are nostrils and they don't have any oh, eyes. Maybe. And they just smell everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they come from a subterranean land. Their vision is, is based on smell. <laughs> <laughs> it makes as much sense as anything else. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll take a look at the turd. Yeah. You'll hit occasional things like this, which are just, you know, one one thing so far. This and, thing. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done this. I've, there may be more added to them later on. There might not be. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, the I've, third, not the turd. I've read that wrong. Disgraceful. Apparently <laughs> <Barely> so. <laughs> these, these look like the robots from the old... Um, Smash adverts. Yes. <laughs> Just need to paint them red and blue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I get this picture? Yeah, there we go. There we go. There's one with his with his beak out. I think those are really awesome. Those are really cool. Where do you want to go now, mate? Uh, if you go sci-fi and fantasy, we'll we'll stick with the sci-fi theme for the time being. Um now, each one of these is a different range. Oh, okay. So I want to start with that random aliens passing through <laughs> this contains a slew of individual aliens mixtures of aliens vehicles bots droids and in wow. a lot of cases when you hit them you'll get like a little blurb about them as well uh-huh. um which are 
completely nonsensical that have nothing to do with anything. There's a, <laughs> an egg-shaped alien with an eye on a stalk that is an exotic dancer on board the space station. So this is this is all based on a 72D, whatever that random number was. This is a space station where aliens come and pass through, like a Babylon 5 or DS9. So right, some are workers, right. some are travelers. You know, and in there you get things like this. Um, and again, Stargrave people. Yes, this is are perfect you watching, for Stargrave. Are you watching Stargrave? Or Core people? Space alternatives. Yeah, or Core Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love them because the body type, there's that alien, that, the exotic dancers on the left there, you can see her. The A with the eye of stock. Anyway, I think her name's Thrill. Apart from the batches, you can buy also all of them individually. And, and that's where yeah. you'll see the important things. I really like those cars. They are low detail because they're cheap. And it's like, how quickly can I cast these? How many cars do you want to put on your tabletop? And don't want to pay a fortune for it just to add a bit more variety. Also, stuff you to could it. just kit bash bits and pieces and use plastic yeah. art if you really want to add a bit more detail and stuff. So. It also says there, yeah, he's also willing to sell molds of them so you can cast your own. Oh, one. cool. Uh, not you just email them and they'll sort out a price with you. Which, they yeah, look surprisingly nice. levitating, don't they? Yeah, I like it. I imagine that's because whatever way they're cast, they've got like a thick base bottom on them that's just inside. And so it just gives them a little bit of a, a rise. And that's what you want for your spacey hover cars. Put a string of those together and you can have Anakin leaping from one to the other. Yes. <laughs> for yeah, no yeah, reason. Yeah. Please stay inside, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like these. I yeah, think they're really I, awesome. I don't even know where you currently are, Lloyd. Are, are we oh, on, I'm still on page one, are we? Or have you jumped yeah, on? No, we only got far as page one because there's six pages of this. There is six pages. Um, I think the greys were on page five or six. So you're probably going to have to go a little while. But you can see they're more weird and wacky yeah. aliens and then the occasional sort of droid slash bot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, there's some of them. <laughs> That's not all of them. Mini greys. Mini greys. <laughs> what do you mean mini greys? Greys are mini to begin with. Yep. Well, these <laughs> definitely are that. Oh, God, I got me some of these. For nice. no reason. <laughs> <laughs> no reason. Worked him into it's his mass force. That's clearly what he's going to do. Oh, look. look at this one. Oh, that is so ca Captain, Captain Bucket. <laughs> and that's that's very much in the style of uh, was it destroy all humans? Oh the, yeah, the yeah, old yeah, computer yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's the doctor staring inquisitively at the captain after hearing one of his commands. <laughs> <laughs> what? You sure you want me to do that? <laughs> this is a pretty cool range. I gotta, it I gotta is. admit. I like that they've, as you said, like they've added some background and added like oh, yeah. character names and stuff as well. Because then if you're playing the skirmish yourself, like a skirmish game or a role playing game, and you're like caught in the moment, you can be like, oh, well, I know what they called him on the website. So I'll just call him Follalona Tom <laughs> and, uh, and have fun with it. Yeah. I'm it's a big cool. fan of Follalona Tom. Follalona Tom. <laughs> He is one of my favorites. Oh, great assault. assault. That's that's the one. That's the it's only it's only twenty dollars as well. Oh, that's, that, cool. oh, that's yeah. getting ordered. Oh, twenty dollars has to come from the state's gonna pay import tax on that. No, no, you won't. You'll be fine. Watch him just add the <laughs> cart right now. Yeah. I would if I knew where the cart was. Oh, there it is there. That's the cart. <laughs> <laughs> right, go back out. Oopsie. Right. Oh so my goodness, see, that was only one section of sci-fi. Yeah. So well, the next two are quite small. So Porkers. Is that Hogs of War stuff? You'd be not surprised to learn it is just nice. German pigs. 
<laughs> you know, is what it is. <sighs> there you go, Chairman Pegs. Yep. Not, not sure how I say, feel about that. But rem- can- reminds me of the, uh, as I say, Hogs of War, the yeah. that, uh, that awesome PlayStation game. I think it was on PC, wasn't it? Yeah, well, uh, it'll be coming Rick, to my house fairly soon. Had, board game uh, version. Rick, had uh, Rick Mail Rick Mail did doing all the voicing yeah. for it. Yeah, it was really cool. Although that was World War One, these are more World War That's Two. Yeah, yeah. Those are awesome. I really like those. Yeah, they're also Funky fifty stuff. mil. I'd like to point out. So, um, if you want to play Flames of War, oh my god! Just saying. Oh, I'm not saying at some point Warren so may John, want to resurrect his. How do you fancy making a Flames of War project with fifty mil pig, piggy Germans? <laughs> I'm unsure how to respond <laughs> to that. Then <laughs> those are neat, like those. Very cool. And there's a mix of different weapon types and stuff in those. So oh yeah, yeah. Quite a nice varied squad. Which yeah, is cool. yeah. So, now you are stuck with infantry platoons, pigs, but you know, a tank's a tank. Also, just cut the legs off. They've got the tank crew. Well, that's yeah. nice. Or that just cut nice. the legs off one of the guys and stick it on. The, you know, the mm. guy with the pistol and stick it on the top. I completely missed the tank crews. What you need to do is Slip cut, in the, the old age. cut the tops off and then get some tank riders and then stick them on. You can have them riding around on your tanks as well. If you want to go back to the sci-fi bit and have a look at Cami Teal, because there's only there's two factions in here. Okay. Um, they are 28 mil, oriental themed space foxes. Space foxes. Oh, you know, again. What was that? There was like a Star Fox game, wasn't there? Yeah. I imagine yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what the world looks like when it's not zipping around in, in some sort of rendered 3D pizza pie. Well, also, again, very much kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon style vibe. It's uh, funny you say that <laughs> when we hit the next one, which is more cat based. Oh. And there's a set of them on bikes, and it says, if you don't get there in 30 minutes, it's free. <laughs> and all I can think of is Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Assuming that's completely unintentional. But these, <laughs> obviously, most of them look like they are more feudalistic Japanese, but then you will hit some later on that have got like sort of big gun type Laser things. guns and so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like those with the cool masks on as yeah, well. Yeah, the, the uh, Kabuki mask. Kabuki mask, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. That's how you know you've done messed up when the Kabuki mask wearing temple cannoneers come to use <laughs> you off the tabletop yeah. and set their Firefox on you. And all 28 mil again as well. These so are all 28. Perfectly fitting for a lot of different games out there, which is cool. So Yeah, and then the Suka are your samurai pizza cats who are very more hard sci-fi. <laughs> oh my days. Yeah, those yes. are cool. <laughs> cat mix, biker cats. Biker, biker cats from Mars. <laughs> Mixing everything together. <laughs> yep. Across all the streams. Yeah. All I like them. those. Those are nice. Again, very sort of like good as an alternative if you're playing basically any skirmishy game on the yeah. tabletop and you want to just throw something in. The, the sculpting they, style is just very charming. It is, yeah. yeah. Are these tickling your anthropomorphic bone then, Ben? They are. They've all got thumbs, yeah. probably. Total catnap, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you had to I think about those. that, Ben. Yeah. Um, we'll leave Storm of Steel and the aphids at the bottom people can explore those on their own one of them is 15 mil I think the aphid one but if we have a look at Qua the World War One Anteaters and again wow. rule books are available there's also a 6 mil version if you want to play massed World War One battles with your Qua Anteaters it is a different world 
it's an extreme world. It's a world of anti-dirt on anti-dirt violence. I was going to say, are the anti-dirt on both sides? But okay. yeah, cool. uh, all of the if if you go into the twenty-eight mil part, rather well, than the six mil one, you can um... see the, the various factions. So it is. It's just anti-dirt. This world is just these things. And again, obviously, perfect for their own game. But for people who are getting into things like Turnip 28 Sludge oh, yeah. at the these moment, imagine being Havat by a set of these because you have that sort of mixture of almost uh, borderline sort of 19th century warfare. Yeah, and yeah. If you've got the early 20th century as well. So you have some machine guns and, and that sort of thing. Um, but they just look amazing. Obviously, website design is perfect. <laughs> I'd see so Lloyd's easy to get around, isn't it? Eyes twitching every time. <laughs> hey, it was good in the early two thousands. It's good now. Yep. So, yeah. I really I like those. Yeah, I, re- yeah. I like the fact that it looks like the anteater from the Pink Panther. <laughs> that's that's the, yeah. my favorite part of this. Yeah. Somebody has clearly been sitting at home, going, "Why did nobody do more with blue anteaters?" <laughs> there was a point in the eighties where it was very big. And then they just sort of went away. <laughs> and I need to bring them back. <laughs> and I'm going to do it via the medium of one of the most bloodiest industrialized battles ever seen. The thing that's nice about those as well is because obviously, like, they have the animal qualities of them being anteaters. Mm. But if you were playing something like Turn 28 or um, Smog or whatever, is it good? Sludge. Sludge, that's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could just say that that's like roots inside a, uh, like a, Oh, yeah, uniform just, just, and then just turn it into like a living vegetable basically yeah point. i mean you yeah. can paint that nose like a carrot or a turnip yeah, yeah, as much yeah. as what yeah. who's gonna argue with you exactly not me nice. well i might and there's a whole range of different like factions for this one as well yeah though. every every major power on the planet of qua is represented uh, and they all have their own distinct feel so there are obviously similarities from the sort of tommies to the uh Austro-Hungarians and Russians and Wales. that sort of thing. <laughs> Gwent. Yeah, the Gwent. Maybe they're just big. F- I mean, look at those. They, they scream sludge. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe they're just fans of that card game from The Witcher. Gwent. Yeah. Gwent. <laughs> we like this so much. We're going to fight for it. <laughs> yeah. I love those ones. So. Yeah, the Fidwog. Fidwog. Like that guy with the the um the gun the machine gun and the the vickers yeah yeah. the the feed across the feed across the other arm yeah Yeah. very nice look at this what have have you bought to your blood and valor games i've bought an army (laughs) of anteaters (laughs) are they historic records they are on qua (laughs) i think you're fine I think uh, Rufus and Kai would come and visit. I give, give you a hearty handshake because I, yeah. I, I assume they would enjoy that. Yeah. But yeah, um, really cool, really cool. Yeah, and then I obviously of, uh, they've yeah. added the vehicles in. You get much more of it in the six mil where they can really explore what right, a yeah, quarry yeah. and land ship looks like because that's what you need. I think I'm very much sold on both this and the War of the Ashes stuff. I think that's yeah. Really neat. Yeah. Could totally nick that and put it in something else to that that land ship because hmm. it's twenty eight, isn't it? Twenty eight. That, that one's a twenty eight. Yeah, you could add it into your uh, army that you've been building, Lloyd. That would yeah, be a perfect. Think fit. about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the six 
mill range is the same as what we've just looked at and yeah, it's only smaller just shrunken <laughs> shrunkener before we uh disappear completely from zombie smith have a look at gary hunt who could be an an, uh, an indie all of his own in mm, many ways yeah. could could be um so beast wars is a adaptation of the um shield wall or shield bash rules but there are some stunning bits in here including a couple of really 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 nice dragons um so again you can get the rules adaptation or rule set as it is for free uh but in this you've got your various sort of factions um that have some really compelling things the glendians is that what they're what they called geldians Galadins. Yeah, Galadans. Yeah. yeah kind of like monk, like baboon the, type the baboon yeah. type monsters, which is really good if you want to have a, a strange set of primitive aliens. Um, because you know, you land on a, a planet and they come heaving into your line of sight, you Do would they start have racing back. Individuals listed because this is a starter set, but they yep. just have this one pick. Gar- Gary yeah, has his own website if you yeah. <laughs> but, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. well the reason I want to have a quick look at them here is because there are also custom services, which um, the reason Gary's on this site is um, Zombie Smith casts his stuff. And if people are interested in getting their own miniature range actually produced, uh, he does 3D printing oh, and will cool. also do metal casting of 3D prints that you've designed as well. Very nice. So somebody obviously like Gary has has got his stuff done through zombie smith um and the quality is there i think recently they also started a um a stl patreon as well so we've, we've seen some of those kicking around nice so we may have to uh revisit that in the future as a, a 3d print type thing because gary hunts the guy from weta isn't he he works on he worked at weta on the lord of the rings and stuff i believe so yeah yeah so i gotta say i like the baboon stuff hmm it is yeah, nice. It's very yeah. cool. Um, if you skip on to definitely the last page on that, oh, see, no, some, to, see some of the big dragons. Of oh. <laughs> oh, coming back to look at those. Well, Lloyd's going to buy those oh, as no, well. No, no, these are going to look at. Look at this. Not a find them. Look at this. It's like the Monkey King. It's yeah. like Rafiki. It's in a very angry Rafiki. Oh, That's because it's... somebody stole his tiger cub he was planning on eating later. Yeah. Tiger, no lion. Well, you know, only in Kenya. Oh, this is tribal. I love it. Dragons, you say? Dragons, I say. I am a big fan of dragons. So there's one on page five, but there's also there's also uh, another one sitting. I think page three. There's a, a black dragon fanging its wings. There's our soul destroyer demon. That's quite cute as well. There we go. Ignore yeah, the yeah. yeah, black dragon. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. Very cool. How much is that? $38. Ooh. Oh, a respectable 16 centimeter wingspan. You know, that's that's good. That's bigly. <laughs> I just want to, I opened them so I'm going to look at them. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ninja satires. <laughs> Right. I'm trying to remember the film they're from. I'll come back to me at some point. Another dragon. Oh, Another dragon. Oh, wow. Fire Drake. Oh, I like that. 
that is primed for like a vignette or a, yep. a diorama. That is, yep. Yeah. I also yeah, like well, the fact that it fits on. <laughs> I also like the fact it fits onto a small base, which is good if you're playing games. Because as nice as some huge dragons are, the fact that they take up half the table or you can't put a miniature anywhere near them because their expansive wingspan overhangs the base means game-wise they're a bit, you know, naff. It should mean that it's well-weighted enough that if you position it rightly right on the base, it's mm-hmm. not going to start tipping over. Or yeah. just, you know, super glue some two peas underneath it or something. <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at that going, that needs to be weighted, surely. Yeah. Melt some lead into it. That's all fine. Very nice. Very cool. Not to be said for melting lead into things. Sweet. So there's a vast selection of different things on there. Yep, yeah, and we just we didn't even get into the Napoleonics. We didn't get into the aphid, uh, fifteen mil sci-fi stuff. There's there's a ton in there from Zombie Smith, and obviously there's the cuddly bear man who just wants to hug all the children. <laughs> and Alien Grays. Where's my credit card? <laughs> <laughs> right, folks. So that's enough of that indie for the week. And we're now going to move on and take a look at what's all new in the world of tabletop gaming. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the m- news. <laughs> so we are back for some news from the world of tabletop gaming for us to dive into. Um, we're going to be starting off with some news from the folks at Warlord Games. Uh, so they have returned to uh, one of the games that I, I quite enjoy uh, called Blood Red Skies. Uh, so if you're interested in a little bit of sort of World War II dogfighting, this is definitely for you. Uh, they are coming back with pre-orders for a new starter set, which is going to take you not uh, across the skies of Europe and France and Normandy and that such thing, but into the Pacific and exploring the fight between the US and the Japanese at the Battle of Midway, which I think is very, very awesome. Yep. Uh, so this new set uh, comes with Everything that you need in order to play the game. Uh, so you're going to get all your tokens, all your cards, all your widgets and everything that you need for that, including those really awesome little flying bases that have the kind of advantage and disadvantage things on them, which I think is really neat. Uh, but you also then, of course, get the wonderful miniatures. Uh, so uh, you can see some painted versions of them in the, the article that we're looking through now, but you get some Mitsubishi A6 M20s, and you also get them going against the Grumman F. For F Wildcats, which, I think is which cool. ones we're we looking at? Are we still looking at these ones? We're looking at the top ones, top yep, ones. Yep. So that's what you get in the the starter set there. Um, so these have actually been done in coloured resin um, for the starter set. Um, so the US come in blue, and the Japanese come in white slash cream, uh, according to their info from Warlord, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so you don't even have to get painting if you don't want to. But if you do want to get painting, I would recommend going to check out our Blood Red Skies content on the website because we have some very cool tutorials on how to do things like pin washing and painting lots of these different planes. Oh, so I like these a lot. They are very nice. I like the cool. fact there's a mega big pictures. Way, hey, five stars <laughs> there. Look at that. Look at the size of these pictures. I find you only thy, only thy best. <laughs> but I can't help it. See when I'm I see... I'm postage stamp ones for you. For <laughs> Being spoiled now. See when I see the silhouette of the airplane, I can't help but think about the little foam ones that you used to buy. As yeah, a yeah. And you yeah. plug them together, yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. those. Oh, Used to get them from Costford all the time. They were very cool. <laughs> they were amazing. You can still get them. You can. You, you, uh, you'd be surprised how cheap they are these days, Lloyd. If only they get little tiny versions. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe there's a gap in the market you can move very into. True. It's nice to see a major naval engagement being the focus for yes. uh, an aircraft battle game. Yep. 
Yeah. Which <laughs> this this seems is what, really um, weird, but makes perfect sense. Yeah. This this was the information I'd been trying to get out of Warlord when we were at UK Games Expo mm-hmm. because they kept saying, "Oh, there's something coming," and I was like, "It's Blood Red Skies, isn't it?" And they're like, "Yeah, but no, yeah, but no." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'll go on, just say it." And they they, yeah. they kind of said off camera to me, they were like, "It's it's it's got Hellcats in it," and I was like, "Oh, Very it's nice. um it's it's Pacific then." And they just sort of glared at me, and went, "Yes, but don't tell anyone." <laughs> one two hundredth scale. This is ship battles sort of thing. Could yeah. we buy? Could you buy one two hundredth scale ships? You can. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd. Are we talking Let, like? Let's, yeah. <laughs> one two hundred scale. One two hundred scale ships are kind of like you're me- basically measuring in feet. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That'd be yeah. awesome. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it would totally be awesome. The um the the local hobby shop up here, Lloyd. Has a one two hundred scale USS Hornet aircraft carrier. Wow! Uh-huh. Um, there we go. But you don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> You're too big. It, it becomes your game. Yeah. yeah. The problem is there'll be no easy build kits because they're all built. They're made for super, you know, super into it modelers. So there'll be oh, complicated mm-hmm. kits, and you open it up, and there's like a billion bits screaming at you at once, and you're going, "Ah, crap!" It'll have all the bits where they store the aircraft underneath. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the- it. The deck, yeah. Well, um, we could combo it up with um, Cruel Seas because they released the Japanese could. Navy yeah. for Cruel yep. Seas recently, mm-hmm. and they've just got actually they've gone very Pacific now. I think about it because the latest Bolt Action box set is also Pacific. What about the so, island hopping stuff? Yep. Yeah, which I think yeah. is about time. Yeah, that a lot of Pacific stuff came out. I mean, a, a big theater of war. What the heck it needs more coverage, peeps? Yeah, it's what do you mean, mean by that though? Do you mean have like a separate ship battle going on and then have a thing yeah. that represents the yeah. aircraft do, doing dogfighting? Do, do the full combined arms. You've got, yeah. you could do your, your midway and your Solomon campaign stuff for your, um, your, your games with the blood red skies. Uh, and then depending on who comes off worse there, uh, obviously one side will have more air superiority, which then could have an impact on your land based or indeed your sea at midway. Yeah. The Japanese pretty much lost every carrier they had. Or if not all of them, the majority of the carriers they had, which they meant lost four of them, didn't they? Four, oh wow! Yeah, so I think they only had six or seven. So yeah, yeah, they they lost a substantial part of their their um, might right there, which huh. then led to the Americans being able to um, to sort of subsume the Pacific and and start pushing further yeah. and further in. So you you could have all of these, you know, you could build a really nice narrative campaign around cool. the Pacific theater and have one game interact and and reflect the next game yep. simply by the outcome of it uh, and Very see nice. whether or not you end up with a historical refight of the pacific campaign or if things swing majorly in one direction <laughs> or the other sweet i love the art style as well it's really nice yeah it looks like they all kind of like manuals and stuff which, the, is, which is cool yeah. the the art style has been consistently great with blood red skies and yeah. i've i've also noticed they're actually including water slide transfers in this box Oh, oh, nice. oh yes, yeah. Which which is a major step up from the Battle yep. of Britain one, which had nothing apart from stickers, I think. Oh, that's right. They had stickers. Yeah. You were painting um, your own or sticking stickers on. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So um in addition to the stars that we're looking at there, mm-hmm. uh, they're also going to be doing four expansion boxes for this at launch. Um, so you're going to get two for the US and two for the Japanese. Uh, so you've got the Douglas Dauntlet and Dauntless and Devastator Squadron, which is pretty cool. And you also get the F6X Hellcat Squadron as well. Uh, and then for the Japanese side, we've got the Nakajima KI-43-2 Squadron and the Achi D-3A and Nakajima B-5N Squadron. Uh, so if you like your numbers and letters, they have got you sorted. 
but there's plenty of um, fighter planes there for you to play out kind of like mixed squadrons if you want to and basically make mm. the, the squadron of your dreams in, in many respects for, to fight out some historical battles or maybe something of a what if perhaps mm. uh, maybe if things changed and went differently at the Battle of Midway maybe we, that would be an interesting campaign to explore um, I think one of the cool things about Blood Rest guys I think I think I was reading this right in the, the info is that you can play out just normal dog fights and stuff but a lot of the time they try and focus in on the idea of playing more kind of like objective based stuff Yep. So it's all about trying to achieve a certain objective rather than just shoot down the other planes, which I think is cool. So, Yeah, it makes an awful lot of sense. Dogfighting wasn't quite as prevalent as we all imagine. <laughs> as the movies say. Yeah, <laughs> the, they were going up for a reason and, um, and people were either being sent up to protect or to... Uh, or to take out uh, the, the sort of the bombers that were coming in. So having the, the fighter and bomber mixes make a lot of sense. And if you've got a target of the opponent's fleet uh, and you're attempting to take those out with the bombers, then, you know, it it makes a much more interesting game Very than people just doing Benny yeah. Hill lip the lip around the table trying to catch your I, opponent constantly. I think, I think that's what the, the Battle of Britain box kind of did a bit too much it was more focused on just the the dog right. fighting element of it yeah but the battle of britain that's what you think of yeah let's, let's save britain from the luftwaffe and it's dog fight after dog fight after dog fight after dog fight and it's interesting to see then that the that the pacific can give you an airplane game that doesn't necessarily have you doing the same message missions as you'd be doing in the european theater it's a different style of play uh, so yeah, if you're interested in picking up Blood Red Skies, uh, that's available to pre-order right now. Uh, and it'll be available later in the year, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, and I would imagine we're going to be seeing them doing a lot more releases for this in the coming months after the release of the, the starter set, because you tend to get um, sort of ace pilot boxes and stuff, which come yeah. with um, named character cards and stuff that are based on notable pilots from the period. So that'll be very, very cool. So yeah. What's up next then? Uh, so next up, we're going to be diving into the world of Games Workshop, because this week, uh, Warhammer Plus... Uh, was released unto the masses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has had some teething problems. As the, the, sure. the masses that could log in, you mean? The, the masses that could log in have been granted clemency by the Omnisire, uh, but everyone else, no. Uh, <laughs> Did you uh, at least manage to give them the, your money, John? No. <laughs> no, oh, well, no. Then don't worry so much about it. I'd be more annoyed if I give them money and I couldn't log in. I will, I will point out um, just a, a quick sort of, uh, sort of PSA to begin with. Now they said that you get this £10 voucher if you sign up during the first week. Yep. You have to be subscribed until the end of September. So you have to, have to at least have paid for one month of the of it before you get that. So don't think you're going to get away with a lovely £10 voucher this week, as I thought I was. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I have delved deep into Warhammer Plus and I've watched everything they have to offer, which you couldn't normally say about a streaming service, but there you go. Um, so uh, available um, right away. You have three episodes of the Warhammer um, animated anthology, which is Hammer and Bolter. Um, one of these, which was actually um, previewed for 24 hours last week, which is the old Bailey episode. Uh, I've actually, uh, I, I've watched these and I think I prefer these to um, Angels of Death, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I really like the art style and I know it's not going to be for everyone. Um, I, I, a lot of people have said that it feels quite slow and methodical. But I've watched Castlevania, uh, and that's quite slow and methodical. And weirdly enough, the animation style kind of reminds me of an old, old BBC Two show called Monkey Dust. (laughs) 
which was very weird and very almost static. Monkey in its dust. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember no. that, Jerry? Oh, wow. Okay. Need to check it out. That's very After good. After my time, I feel. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the Hammer Bolter series so far. It's been a very interesting look at kind of like the background to the Imperium. Um, so like the first two episodes are very much focused around, I think one of the first one's like about an Inquisitor um, who's trying to work out the the Emperor's tarot uh, and try and find out what is going to cause his death, which is, and is very, very cool and it resolves itself quite nicely. Let's see where you left off, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you, as you subsume my... Uh, my 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 membership oh. uh, yeah oh. so they change it to espanol yeah. can you guys hear it no none of us can hear it no. so like as you can see like the art style is very unique i'd say um i i, I personally as i say like it but uh, it'll very much come down to personal opinion on all of these things i think um, i'm i'm gonna say something real quick the animation of this already looks far better than the the old bli episode that they put out as their yeah. Yeah. we want to sell this thing to you because old BLI, by comparison and animation quality, was rubbish. Yeah, I, I thought I thought old BLI was old BLI felt like something that was from YouTube, if you know what I mean. Whereas yeah. these feel like they've been tailor made as episodes, like full episodes with an interesting narrative and things like that. Um, but yeah, like this one was particularly nice. Uh, maybe don't maybe look away from the screen for some of these bits because you will see spoilers at some points during those. But, <laughs> That's but, enough um, for that. Yeah, uh, the second one's all about like a, an, uh, an imperial acolyte who has to relentlessly count books within an imperial library, and it has a very interesting twist. It's as I say, these are very slow burns. Um, I think there's going to be some more stuff later on where they're going to. I think they've got one with like a space wolf scout and stuff in it, which I think sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be really to see what they do to, when things get a little bit more frenetic. Uh, obviously, you saw an assassin in that first one um, there, but um, I was more use. impressed no, that there was a Deptus Arbites and the classic yeah. armor in the background than anything yeah. else in the foreground. Yeah. And you, there are some nice little Easter eggs in some of these where you see, like, oh, that's a, that's something that used to be a model like ten years ago. But, well, that's, that's it written, because yeah, so. all I can think is, will some people even know what's on screen? Yeah, because yeah. they've not been true. referenced in years. Yeah. Yeah. And are all the all of the different episodes of things all sort of different animation styles then? So they have Hammer and Bolter, which is all done in that particular style, and that's going to be an animated anthology. Why is yeah. it? It keeps coming up with lots of pop-ups for you. Yeah, um, lots but, of stuff. Uh, but the So that's going to be, I think it's eight episodes, and then I assume they're going to do more, otherwise I would feel a bit stilted. Uh, but this one is Angels of Death, which is also by a different animation studio. Now, I've, I, I came into Angels of Death... Um, from the perspective of someone who was like, I don't think this is, I'm going to like this. I'm still not overly sold on the animation style for this. I, I think the CGI feels a little like stiff, but I will commend the voice acting is incredible. Obviously, you can't hear it. <laughs> the voice acting is incredible. I think the story and and like the um, the script is great, and the music is very very atmospheric. Um, so I'm going to stick with it. And, and see how it goes. But, and I um, like the art style. This, you know, they've the zeroed in it. Yeah, yeah. We'll do this monochrome look. Yeah, they're like kind of blood and chrome style of sort yeah. of like a Mad Max or something. Like, like Sin really... City. Yeah, like Sin City. Occasional flash of colour. Yeah. But um, like, I really like all the characters. I'm very intrigued by the characters. You you know, a lot, a lot of the time you'll see Space Wind, you'll think, oh, they're just cookie cutter characters or something. Yep. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm particularly sold on the characters for this. I think they, they're really cool. I mean, I, I've been looking forward to Angels of Death because it was from um, 
it was Richard Boyland, the one that did the Hell's Reach animation on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. it was Hell's Reach, the, the Hell's Reach animation that basically got him into into GW to work on it. So, when do the next episodes come in? Is it weekly so, or monthly or what is it? So they've said that what's going to happen from this point on is that every Wednesday, hopefully, there'll be a new episode of Angels of Death and a new episode of Hammer and Bolter. Uh, and then every Wednesday you're also going to get, and we'll look at that in a second now, a new episode of Battle Report and a new episode of Citadel Masterclass. Um, so they're the other two kind of like in-house shows they've been doing. Yeah. Um, so if and we go back to that. Is there a roadmap of when they run out? Because you say there's eight episodes of this. Do they, do they, is there a roadmap of what's happening eight weeks from now? No idea. But they have a whole bunch of animated animation studios on board with them and individuals. So I would assume they're going to keep things churning out. You've, you've um, got... Um, Astartes 2 yeah. mm-hmm. coming to, to Warmer Plus. You've got the Exodite, which is the, the Tau-centric mm-hmm. uh, animation that was that was teased on YouTube. They yeah. were brought on board as well. So there's at least two to three other show types. They have the Ultramans film. No one, no one <laughs> cares about that. That's they been still uh, have it. expunged from the records, I think. Um, redacted. Redacted, yeah, in true Imperial fashion. Um, so the, the next one I think we'll look at uh, is the Citadel Masterclass stuff because I was really, I wasn't sure about this because I don't tend to watch a lot of, sorry, John, don't want, tend to watch a lot of painting videos. <laughs> uh, but this one was quite nice because I thought these were going to be kind of like... Like, like they already put out. Yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. Uh, but in actual fact, they're very well presented I think they're presented like, I think it's Louise Sutton who does these. I think has done a really good job on presenting them. And they show off the techniques in a really, like, really good way. Um, so the wet blending thing is very fascinating because they something like go through and sort of like show the basics of it and the color theory. And then they show it off on a couple of different pieces as well, which I think is quite nice. The face painting one, I don't think I would ever attempt it, but it is impressive um, to be like, if you want to take things to the next level, uh, if you're doing like a golden demon or something, I think it gives you a lot of tips and tricks for doing stuff. Um, so yeah, and they only come in, they come in at kind of like sub 20 minutes, both of these. So they're not too bad. Um, I think if you're, and this is going to, I think this is going to stick to basically everything for Warhammer Plus. If you're already in the Warhammer hobby, I think this has been made for you effectively um, because so, for example, you look at other streaming services like Netflix or Disney Plus and that kind of thing. Even if you're not tied to a particular Netflix property, you can still watch loads of other things. With this, I think you're very much tied into, yeah, I play Games Workshop, I play Warhammer. I like the lore, the background, the armies, the, the art, everything like that. I think that that's going to be the main draw for a lot of people to this. They're already sucked into it and they're going to you know, continue. Um, but, um, but yeah, some very interesting stuff in the Citadel Masterclass that I think is well worth taking a look at. And I'll be interested to see what they do in future videos for that. Um, the other side of the um, kind of their in-house shows uh, is Battle Report. So Battle Report, uh, again, these are like, I thought these were going to be like massively sprawling battle reports. The best ones, the, the 40K one. Um, they come in like an hour, which I think is pretty good. Uh, they set things up to begin with where they kind of like detail both the armies and tell you what they've picked. Uh, and then they actually play out the, the the game in its entirety, more or less, but with some very heavy editing. <laughs> so there's lots of like cuts, there's lots of effects and all sorts of different things. If you got to like halfway through the video, you'll probably get uh, a better look at kind of like what's going on. And they also do cutaways to the presenters or the gamers explaining what's happening. Um, the 40K one I thought was really good, which would, is weird for me because I'm more of a fantasy person. 
Uh, and the Age of Sigma one felt a little bit, I don't know, it sounds rude, rude to say boring, but I was a bit bored by about halfway through. The 40k one had a lot more to it. Uh, maybe it's just because they were using the kind of starter contents from the um, Dominion box range of Sigma, but I guess they've done that because, you know, that's new and fancy and shiny. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the, the both, both presenters were really good. I think Patrick, who's the new guy with the big beard, lovely big beard um he's uh he, he's pretty good he knows his stuff so it definitely seems like they've put together a really interesting um kind of uh showcase of what both of their main games are like um the the thing that i'd really like to see them do and they have said that they're open they're open to comments and stuff is i'd like to see them do more of their smaller games so i'd like to see things like Warcry and kill team and that kind of thing um because they're the things that are going to draw people into those smaller specialist games as well um well, one thing I should note actually before we move off, kind of move too far away from the animations and stuff, is I really wish that they like they don't have credits at the end of these. Now, obviously, like for example, John knew who created the, the Angels of Death one, which is fantastic, yeah. right? But a lot of people won't know the animation studios or the people who animated the the episodes, who did the voice acting, who did the script writing. I'd love for that to have been included because currently it's just by the Warhammer Story Forge. Which is fine, I guess, but it would be. But I was like, I really like the idea that it could be like, oh my god, that guy's a really awesome voice actor. I really like what he did for that character. I hope he comes back in Monster. There, there's a there's a bit too much of a focus in in Games Workshop in general of the team. Yeah, it's yeah. just the design team, the cinematic team, the this that yeah. and the other. It's it's not about yeah. individuals anymore. They they don't want names out there. We are, they we don't are want, the collective. It's the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the yeah. board. Yeah. Um, so, like, effectively, that's everything that you get as part of Warhammer TV, anyway. Uh, I'd say for an initial showing, not too bad. There is definitely room for improvement. Uh, there are some really weird sort of audio quality issues. This is Lloyd speaking in my head. <laughs> there are some audio issue, uh, audio issues with the, the battle reports that I think they'll obviously tweak probably later on down the line. But other than that, I quite enjoyed a lot of what they had. Um, as someone who has obviously played Warhammer in the past and grown up with a Warhammer hobby, it was pretty cool. Uh, I don't think it's enough quite yet to draw somebody in who's maybe not as big of a fan it'd, of Games Workshop stuff. It'll be interesting to see if the battle reports feel yeah. like value to money for people because when you're talking about battle reports and how to play and stuff, 40k is probably the most popular thing on YouTube. Yep. There are <laughs> tons and tons of channels that do 40k battle reports and a lot of them do them to very high quality. What I think we'll probably find is, a, is that some of the aspects that are good in the Warhammer Plus ones making their way to other YouTubers. Creating well, I think other content. other YouTubers are already doing stuff that's probably just as just as good. We could we as... could name three or four YouTubers that are doing really good battle reports currently. So, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I can see like this is the this is the battle that the Games Workshop have on their hands here, is because their hobby range is so popular there's there's just so much content being produced on youtube for essentially free like all those paint tutorials and things like that wet blending and things like that they, they're they've got this, they exist yep. they have this hard topic of can we sell this to you even though you can go and we'll essentially watch this for free at various levels of quality on youtube yeah what's this, the price like uh so it was 4.99 per month or $49.99 for a year, which gets you a month free. Get you, yeah. Gets you a or two month or two months, months free, free and a miniature. 
and a miniature. Well, let yeah. you pick a miniature. Yeah, yeah. So, so which you don't get until the yeah. end of your yearly subscription. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, still, I, I don't I, think I, you have. To, I think you have to look at it that people aren't going to be subscribing to this for the hobby content. Yeah, that's a bonus. Yeah. People are subscribing to this for the the animation, animations, and the app, the storytelling, and then the the um army list builder things they have yes you, you so get yeah, both of those yeah which yeah, you're currently so, paying about that price for anyway yeah so the 40k app i'm gonna try and break it i'll bring it up on my phone and mm. show it to you guys uh, so, so i just go to so if people are already subscribing for an army list builder off them which is the same price which is yeah. the same price yeah. then you're getting everything else for free that's just yeah. filler there too yeah so they have the thanks they have retweaked this. I don't know if you can see that on my phone. Uh, I certainly see something. Yeah. So they have tweaked and changed the app so that it's a lot more responsive and stuff. So a lot of people have been using this to build their armies anyway. Um, and as Jerry was saying, for the same price, you now get all the additional content. So very effectively, if you are already like involved in Games Workshop yeah. and Warhammer, this has been made for you. I think it will become more of a um, wide-reaching um kind of idea i'd say within a year's time when we actually look back at the content and see how much of it is there and that would for me i would say that if you are already invested in warhammer and you play 40k or age of sigmar or any of their other games then probably a good idea to pick this up if you're not if you're like maybe on the fringes thinking do i bother with this i'd wait uh personally uh on just that so topic that you- of waiting do the episodes come and go, or are they going to build up a library that just stays there? I would assume they're going to build up a library that will stay there. Uh, otherwise, that would defeat the object of them having a kind of like a, a repository of stuff. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, it's going to workshop, guys. But <laughs> yeah. So if you have yeah. disposable income, you can jump in, and if you yeah. don't have so much disposable income, wait a bit. Yeah. And then there would be more content you could watch while yeah. logged in for yeah. two months or yeah. whatever it is. So the other thing they have, and this is the kind of thing that. I assume is like their massive added value thing they've built onto this as well. Again, very much if you are already involved in Games Workshop from Warhammer, uh, is the Warhammer Vault. Um, so currently, this doesn't have too much in there, but it's got kind of like, I think it's like 40, 50 issues of Old White Dwarfs from 2020 and their Warhammer Visions, if you remember that, which is their kind of weird failed experiment. <laughs> um, Do you have to go to somewhere else for Warhammer Vault? Then. So warhammertv.com is the t- Warhammer TV, and then you should, yeah. there should be a link in the running order to see it, but then warhammer-vault is where they have all the digital content, and you have to sign into each of those locations, sorry, hit the mic, uh, if you want to um, get access to them. So the Warhammer Vault, as I say, um, has all those kind of older issues of um, White Dwarf that are obviously out of print, but they're, they were readily available as PDFs, I would assume, which made this quite an easy add to their library. Any um, sort of samples you can look at? Uh, no, you have to be signed up to see it. So, um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they also then obviously have some of those uh, pre-existing books and stuff that were available as part of um, uh, last editions 40k. Mm-hmm. So they've got all they've got out of print material for rules and things. A lot of people have been saying, "Where's all my old white dwarfs and things from like 10, 15 years ago?" And my response was. They probably didn't have those in PDF at the time. Yeah. So. I, I can't imagine you'll see yeah. anything older yeah. than the, the most current crop yeah. of, of bits and pieces simply yeah. because of how the design layout went. So I have logged in here. Let's see. Hopefully gonna... you didn't dox me. We can, we, can, we, can, <laughs> we can show like a couple of pages. Yeah. Um, so again, this is obviously a sound. And I don't believe they're downloadable, so you have to view them as part of this. So uh, You have to um, use a PDF thing. 
Yeah. Hold on. Oh, that's a panel. Yeah. Uh, and if you click on the Adobe thing, it just brings up the Adobe sign-in, which is weird. Uh, yeah. So you can't download them, um, as far as I'm aware. Someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't assume they would be. Uh, but yeah, so again, obviously very good if you're someone who is into Warhammer and has been reading White Dwarf and has maybe missed issue 462 from last year and really wants it for a particular article. This is this is very good, and I will, I will doff my cap to them, for those times where they've put specific rules in White Dwarfs and people want them. <laughs> yeah, like chapter specific, specific yeah. stuff or something. Yeah, so they've That's seen good. something for like a chapter approved or something, and that was really important for you playing Blood Angels, but you missed that White Dwarf. Now you obviously have the ability to access that through the Warhammer Vault. Yeah, it's a shame the image resolution isn't a bit higher, though. They have downscaled. You know, they've, they've spat this out without going as proper print res. But I guess at a glance, if you don't zoom in too far, you're, you're getting... You're getting the the white dwarf experience at that point, yeah. and I, I guess it's not too bad. We complain like it it is come part of the service, mm-hmm. so it's not like yeah. you just and paid for that one item. I was expecting this sort of stuff when when Warhammer Plus came out. I thought it was going to be a you know like a one stop shop thing, mm-hmm. but yeah. apparently, but apparently you're having to go to Warhammer Vault and, and yeah. you know all that rubbish, and it just, well, it feels like they they need to glue it together a bit more. Well, speaking for somebody who does work on stuff that needs gluing together, it does take time to glue stuff together, especially if you don't know what it is in advance. Yeah, I guess I guess we're we're looking at it a couple of days after launch. So what you may find is in a year or two, this doesn't resemble that. Maybe in a year yeah. or two, once they figure out, okay, so we're doing magazines here, we're doing the battle reports here, we're doing the vault thing over here or the the apps thing over here. Maybe over time this might because yeah. it is it is a shared username and password between these things. Yeah. Maybe over time this might migrate into more of a centralized thing. But okay. there is but the other reason they do that is they want to you, like when you're doing services like this, you're trying to balance the load on servers between yeah. things. So keeping them sort of separate allows if one thing gets affected by a server problem, you don't take the whole thing out. So it's kind of like round things off. Um, I'd say that if you're to give it some scores, because people love numbers, right? Mm. Uh, if you were if you are a Warhammer fan already and you're playing Warhammer maybe every weekend or like your kids are and they're going to games workshop and that kind of thing. I'd say this is probably an eight out of 10. If you are new to the hobby or you're not really into games workshop, probably around a six, I'd say, because, until things start to build up. The, the one thing that I think this is them, this is, this is focused towards for them is this idea of Games Workshop having this very holistic approach to things. And we have talked about this before, where kind of like they want to be the people that will teach you how to paint their models, how to build their models, all this kind of thing, and give you the definitive, this is this is what Warhammer is, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They don't want, they want to be at that stage where they can turn to other places and be like, Mr. X on YouTube they don't know what they're talking about with the law. This is the law. <laughs> yeah. They, um, Obviously, that has its own problems, but yeah. uh, plus, I'm having to delete videos. <laughs> plus, we have to remember that Games Workshop is very family oriented. It's very, mm. you know, you're looking at 12 year old kids and stuff coming into this hobby because I've seen comments on our own website about the animation style saying it's very childish. I think I'm too old for this. And I was looking at the comment going, you, you probably are too old for it because just, just you because, wait until uh one of the episodes where a guy gets cut in half um, oh, maybe. <laughs> because, because you, yeah you have to temper that with it's not maybe aimed specifically at you 
uh, as an older person, you have to. Yeah. Art is subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so there, there's animation styles that I love that look like they've been drawn by a yeah. five year old yeah. with a crayon. Yeah. <laughs> That's know, why I say, like, detracts yeah. nothing from the, the animation yeah. or the story. Yeah. So. Like, yeah. So, like, as I say, for example, I really like the style of Hammer and Bolter, but other, a lot of other people won't. And, like, but Old Bailey was, yeah, exactly. Old Bailey was very derisive, divisive. A lot of people didn't like it. We're same with Angels of Death. John really likes that style. I'm not so one over by it, but I like the the, the voiceovers. Anybody so, who grew up with Hanna Barbera cartoons and things like that, where well, maybe yeah. only the eyes and you've mouth already moved. you've already watched the bottom yeah, of the yeah. barrel. Then at that point, <laughs> no. uh, they, they were not the bottom of the barrel. They were amazing. And <laughs> just to, just to circle back to the whole family thing orientation with Games Workshop, if they want to control um, the 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 ecosphere that you're yep. that you're stepping into the narrative, it, it's because they don't like. You could you could probably sit your kid down and watch a battle report there and not come across anything weird. Well, yeah, they don't swear. Or, you could or watch say something anything. on yeah. YouTube and and, and and halfway through going, oh, well, oh, oh, need to turn that off or I need to skip this bit. They're swearing yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Also, also because it's official, you should, I would assume, be able to watch the Games Workshop battle reports. I don't know. I don't know enough about the rules, but you should be able to watch those and know they don't get it wrong. Which obviously in other YouTube let's in stuff, theory they, they probably would. So in, in yeah. theory, because we've had plenty of people come through our studio who should know the rules to their own game who don't know the rules to their own game. <laughs> and that's, and sure that's part were. of the reason we like to have guests in the studio is because, well, it's your game, you should know the rules. And therefore we're, we can we're give not going to get it right. We can give an accurate <laughs> representation of this, but a lot of the time they don't know the rules. But the the, the main takeaway, I think, in, in my opinion on this is that it's another step of workshop trying to sell you a lifestyle it's trying to sell you that's a, what it is, yeah. a hobby is a complete package but at the yeah. same time it's it's turning away a lot of the veteran fans which i have a feeling they weren't really interested in serving anyway no. <laughs> <laughs> and from that lifestyle point of view there's a there's an aspect to this i mentioned there's like loads of content on youtube for warhammer 40k and games workshop products but the problem is you might be in the mood oh i just want to do something hobby wise and you'll sit down in front of youtube and suddenly you're bland bl blasted with this spaceship takes off at a million miles an hour i built this mega rocket the blue crap up here and there i did this i've tried that and nothing yep. none of us to do with the hobby and you're immediately getting distracted and having other stuff you know watch me watch me watch me watch me watch me whereas you could log into this and not have such a bombardment of stuff coming at you that isn't what you actually sat down to to be in the mindset of watching or doing. Yeah, if, if uh, to, just to, as I say, to round things off, I guess, for Warhammer Plus stuff. Please um, do. <laughs> I think that the, um, the, as an initial week's launch, fairly good, bar some technical issues across the board for a lot of people. Um, but I think the real test is going to be in, say, a year's time when we've got a larger library of stuff, yeah. whether or not that has been enough to keep people on board for that. To, the uh, the whole run, I guess you'd say. It'll be like Netflix. We'll never know. Yeah. They will never announce their subscriber the, numbers. Netflix. <laughs> do you not mean the place you go to watch the Witcher stuff? <laughs> but, but, but they never announce subscriber numbers, so nobody ever knows how well Netflix is doing. It's always guesswork. And Warhammer yeah. Plus will be exactly the same. They could take a bath on it, yeah. but they'll keep it running. 
yeah. to, to maintain the, the body of work. But moving away from Warhamster Plus, but staying with Games Workshop, Ben. Yes, because I, I love myself some Middle Earth. Mm. Uh, and last weekend was Articon, just to give those guys a little bit of a shout out. So this was the big international uh, Middle Earth event that's held in Manchester by a plucky group of individuals who bring together people from all over the world to play one of the best miniature games ever, according to me. Saga. Uh, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, uh, or the Middle Earth strategy battle game. Uh, but at this event, they also had some folks from Games Workshop and the specialist studios over there showing off some new miniatures that are going to be coming out for the Middle Earth battle game in the next few months. Um, so we start off with a look at the new plastic miniature for the Witch King of Angmar. Uh, so a lot of people will remember that in the last, I think it was, maybe it was last year, maybe the year before that, Geez, uh, time has flown. Uh, there was a really awesome Gandalf the White on the back of Shadowfax um, with Pippin by his side. A hobbit? Yeah. A- additional bonus hobbit. That you a can... bonus hobbit. Yeah, yeah. The... Not necessary. <laughs> uh, and uh, now they have presented a new plastic version of the Witch King of Agma, which I think is pretty awesome. Comes with a couple of different uh, options there. So you can have him with just his hood uh, up for a little bit of weather top action, or you can have him um, storming the gates of Minas Tirith with his armies uh, as the full in the full Witch King guise with the helm of uh, Angmar on his head and sword and flail at the ready, about to uh, fight Eowyn in the fields of Pelennor. But uh, yeah, very cool plastic miniature. Looks very awesome. I'm sure a lot of people were picking that up. Um, I did have a look at some ring race on the Games Workshop web store because I was like, ooh, this would be nice. Maybe I should pick up some ring race. <laughs> They're all in fine cast. Oh, uh, no, no. So they're all going to have bendy swords. <laughs> give, but anyway, give them time. They'll be replaced. I, I really hope so, because um, I want some. But anyway, uh, in addition to that, we also had some new terrain that was featured. So the first of these is a new um, resin piece from the folks at Forge World. So it's going to cost you a fair bit of moolah. Uh, so this is uh, obviously the, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, the seat of the Watcher's Seat, I think it is, at Amonhen. Hmm. Oh, God, I feel bad now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so this is the place, obviously, where Aragorn took on uh, an entire warband of Urukai by himself before being joined by Legolas and Gimli uh, at uh, the, the breaking of the Fellowship. Uh, at the end of uh, Fellowship I like how Rings, you focus so. on that. Whereas we're all in our heads, we're all focusing on Boromir being pincushioned. Just oh, I was about to get to that. I was about to get oh, to that. Right. <laughs> I, I thought you were being too, too good. <laughs> Too hopeful, too positive. The no, fellowship no, no. is half full. Yeah. The breaking of the fellowship. Yes, obviously you could play out the full ambush of um, Amon Hen scenarios. Although they did break that down in the Quest for the Ring Bearer book, which thought was really cool. So you could play separate um, scenarios, which is, which is pretty neat. Yeah. So you can do that. Uh, they've also got another piece of train, which is actually going to be available in plastic. So this is more um, sort of akin to the kind of stuff they did for the War in Rohan um, uh, supplement. So you'll be able to build a modular... Um, uh, Dolgadur set. So all of the different pieces can be assembled in various ways for you to make an entire um, ruin of Dolgadur for the necromancer in the Wonder woods. Woman. So yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's Gal Gadot. Dolgadur, Gal Gadot. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting that they've done that modular. Mm, Actually, yes, that's it. I was looking really. at this and it's a nice. Bit of just yeah. generic fantasy kit. Very much so. Um, and the, the fact that you can play around with how you assemble it means a couple of kits worth. You could do yeah. some interesting things. So you wouldn't necessarily have to use it for Dogadur either because you no. could use it for um, any basically evil fortress in the mm. world of Middle Earth and it would work perfectly fine because obviously... Well, you could use it, it for any evil fortress in any fantasy any, any game. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah. I mean, they've gone very light on the skulls. 
Yes. Yeah. For once. Yeah. And all those skull edges could just be nipped yeah. off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Assuming they're not a separate bag that you just glue on. <laughs> I mean, that, that just looks like it should have goblins screaming out of it. Exactly. Willy-nilly. Yeah. So, or, yeah. Pr- or anteaters in blue. Anteaters. Yeah. <laughs> Peering out from behind the pillars at you. Yeah. A couple of muppets coming at you like the <laughs> It's all, yeah. It's all there. So, this, this particular piece of terrain ties into one of their supplement books, which is going to be available, which is called The Fall of the Necromancer. Uh, so, this is similar to their previous scenario style books. It will contain everything that you need to play to play out effectively the story of Dolgadur. Mm-hmm. So, It'll start with its formation and it's captured by Sauron back in the, the day, back in the day when he became the necromancer. And it will flow all the way through to the final um, fight by the, where the White Council banished him from uh, Dogadur. And uh, obviously then the events of the Lord of the Rings happened. Uh, so you'll be able to follow that through as an interesting through line. I think it's pretty awesome. They're also going to be doing one extra book, which I wanted to mention, uh, which was sort of teased at the end of their presentation on the, the Sunday, I think it was, which is uh, the, war, the Defense of the North, sorry. Uh, so this is going to dive into an element of the Lord of the Rings that isn't particularly well covered. Uh, so this is going to be covering King Dane Ironfoot and Thorin Stonehelm, alongside the Men of Dale and the King Brandon Bard II, fighting uh, against the forces of Angmar. Uh, in the north of Middle-earth, in Eriador and stuff, uh, compared to everything else that was happening in the south. So you'll be able to play all of that out, and we have already seen previews for all of those miniatures, which we have talked about in the show before. So it's very cool stuff. Winter is coming. I believe you want to do a shout-out as well. I do also want to do it. Yeah, so um, Articom, obviously, fantastic thing. So hopefully it's going to be back again next year, bigger and brighter than ever. Uh, but some of the people that are involved with kind of like the awesome community that is the strategy battle game community uh, are behind SBG Magazine, which we have looked at uh, previously as an Indie of the Week alongside a couple of other publications. Uh, so they're going to be bringing out a new issue of, of, of that magazine, which um, is available, well, will be available PDF in the near future and will be available physically within the next couple of weeks, maybe a month. Uh, and they're going to do be doing a little bit of a lockdown special from the last kind of year or so, where they're going to be fighting out the quest of the ring bearer from the Shire through to Rivendell, which sounds awesome. And I cannot wait. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. That may have been one of the things that has been influencing me to buy more miniatures. So there we go. <laughs> As long as you've got a reason behind it, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not just willy-nilly. No. Yeah. We're going to move on now and take a look at a board game. And this is you know, something perfect for people who are fans of cuddly bear mask-wearing fellas giving hugs, hugs with hatchets. And it's the last Friday, mm. which is uh, pay week normally. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, this last Friday has got a little bit of a... Uh, a bloody end to it. Oh. Uh, there's, uh, there's axes involved, unfortunately, here. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, true. Uh, so, um, uh, this is from Ares Games, who have put together a remastered version of the last Friday board game. Uh, the original of this, I think, was a lot of people considered it very unbalanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a kind of like killer versus a group of campers kind of thing. So, in many ways, it already <laughs> is. Um, but uh, this is going to be sort of tweaked and changed so that they, instead of it being sort of just like one game, they split it up into a, diff- a number of different scenarios. And you'll play as the campers who get killed through those different scenarios. Lovely. But, but if you lose a character in one of the campaign sort of scenarios, you then play as a different one in the next one. So there's no sort of like elimination, which I think is pretty cool. And it kind of follows the through a through story. So every time you sit down to play it, maybe like Billy dies in campaign one, or maybe he survives all the way to the end and gets a shotgun and blows the big guy's face off or something. Um, but they've also tweaked and updated the graphics and the rules, which is pretty awesome. And they've put in some interesting 
twists to the mechanics as well. So it's a hidden movement game in many respects. So if you played something like Letters of Whitechapel, for example, it's a pretty good uh, sort of like uh, analogy to this. Uh, but you'll it'll switch up between the, the killer trying to find out where all the campers are on the, on the board in a hidden movement style game. And then it will flip to the campers being the hunters trying to get the killer before they can achieve their objective, which I think is really cool. So it kind of plays into that, obviously, very Friday the 13th style mm-hmm. um, Halloween feel uh, and could be a pretty awesome one for those people that want to play a really cool board game over Halloween. going to be available in, I think it's September, um, so not too long to go before that is going to be available. So yeah, pretty cool. Happy days. So moving away from the uh, destructive nature of killers at campsites, we're going to have a look at the destructive nature of industrial trade in Augusta. Yes. Yeah, or yeah, uh, yeah. Mythos. Yeah. As, as a single tear rolls down the cheek. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is uh, the folks at War Cradle have put together a really awesome set of 28 slash 32 millimeter terrain for those people that want to build on their collection of stuff for Mythos, oh. but could also be used for all manner of things. I picked this because it had train Look tracks at the in it. Drainage. <laughs> exactly. There's even, there's even a boxcar there, too. <laughs> oh, but it's even better. It's not just the trains. Like, this is nice. But look, look, they've got the wee carts to take the luggage and stuff over to the trains. <laughs> Very important. Otherwise, exactly. somebody just has to manually drag that and nobody exactly. like, put your back out. If you wanted one of those, where on earth would you get one? No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Augusta Industrial Train Set comes with a whole bunch of different things. Obviously, uh, Lloyd's talked about the train tracks and things in there, but you've also got warehouses, ruined buildings, shelters, fences, trolleys and crates, as, as Lloyd said, mm. uh, benches, factories, crates, barrels, bins, and there's also a water tower, which seems like the perfect place to have a final uh, clash with some epic bad guy. Um, yeah. As I say, it's been designed for you to dive in and play Mythos with this. Uh, so you can imagine perhaps it's been uh, it's, it's busy during the day, but during the night it becomes desolate and quiet. And instead the cultists find their way in and start uh, uh, you know, performing profane mm. rituals throughout the likes of the, the warehouses and stuff. And your team of investigators or whatever have been sent in to try and hunt them down and stop them. I think that could be a pretty awesome um, uh, sort of... I really like the, but, uh, the fact that they've gone with a mix of both wrecked and ruined yes and, and yeah. a few sort of solid and intact bits and pieces there because you, you it it will give itself to mythos beautifully but then 1920s gangster games very much so yeah um yeah. even i suppose a lot of it would do the job for uh wild west as well mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it would suit wild west exodus as well because yeah. Like it'll be it'll be scaled to Mythos, and I think Mythos is mythos a similar, is, yeah, same scale, size miniatures and stuff to Wild West Exodus. And there's nothing in there that turn that turn me off going, oh, it's a Western sort of yeah, environment. Yeah. Because remember, during that period of of Wild West Exodus, it isn't just the West. Like yeah. the other side of America was pretty well developed at that point, and it'll yeah. be even more developed because it got all the special gear. That's very true. And, you know, sometimes you just need a, what looks like a ruined saloon um, or massive, yeah. uh, massive That's train it. track. I mean, look at this. Cause, throw people off. Because the cool thing about Wild West Exodus is it, it has greys as well. I can see this being <laughs> full of greys, firing their plasma guns, trying to get me and I'm jumping around going, I don't want to be abducted by you. Oh, I'll be amazing. And only James Bond is there to stop them. <laughs> I'm pretty oh, sure that's yeah. how that works. I think we've actually got that set in the studio. So, oh, we do. Uh, yeah, we uh, do. I think, so Justin's working on that at the moment for an unboxing. So if people want to see exactly how that looks, it'll be coming up, I think, once he gets everything glued together. <laughs> so there's a lot of gluing. 
Is a this, lot in that box. Is this coming off pre-order? Yeah, so it's it's available to pre-order at this point. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Is that over at the Whalen site as well? Mm-hmm. So you go up to Whalen Games, you'll be able to find it there. Mm-hmm. So, so ignore that timer because we're filming in advance. So by the time you see this, we'll be in. Ooh, kind of close yeah. up of the train <laughs> part. Comes out yeah. on uh, Saturday as well. Lots of good stuff there. Just ignore me. I want to have a look at the close-ups and stuff. Oh yeah. It captured, it captured my eye because it reminded me of the, this is a very Midlands thing, captured me at the heart of the black country and all our desolate warehouses that we had. So there we go. <laughs> Sweet. Reminds that's, me of home. <laughs> that's that's a, a beautiful thought there, the desolation of home. Like the desolation <laughs> of Smaug, but slightly more brummy. Desolation of Sedgley. Yeah, there we go. It's very uh, brummy. People weren't excited about the idea of Lenny Henry being in this. Upcoming Lord of the Rings. Is it Lord of the Rings TV show? You yeah, the Lord of the it. Rings, but really not the Lord of the Rings. I TV think you show. burst people's bubbles when you said Lenny Henry's going to be like, I can see the comments, yeah. but Lenny Henry's a crap actor. <laughs> I, lo- I like Lenny Henry. My parents met him once when he was drunk outside an Indian, but anyway. Nice. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. so moving on to some more news from the folks at Atomic Mass Games. Uh, they have been heavily diving into Star Wars Legion over the last mm. couple of weeks with their previews. They're going full mechanized, it seems, for the Clone Wars period, uh, because this week was revealed some new kits that are coming out. We have the NRN99 Persuader-class tank droid, which I think is an adorable name for something that's going to kill you, uh, and also the infantry support platform for the clone troops of the Republic. Um, so there you can see the NRN99 Persuader-class tank droid. Looking very cool with its little kind of almost Brum-like eyes yeah. on the front. <laughs> I remember them plowing across the waves on Kashyyyk. Exactly, yeah. And Brum-like that is guns. the main... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this also actually comes with some funky stuff so it actually has tank riders we were talking about those early mm. you'll have little um battle droids that you can sit on the side of it which i think is really cool uh, so as you're building this kit and putting it together you can actually have them riding up off the beaches to fight some wookies on kashik um so yeah alongside yeah. that yeah it's uh, great also- to see because we've seen yoda recently so yes, obviously they're yeah. they're leaning into the whole kashik war a lot more very much so we haven't got torfel yet have we uh, I don't think so. Although uh, there may be a tawful looking um, Wookiee in one of their Wookiee sets. Uh, but you also got the infantry support, pla- uh, support platform, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is uh, a new set for the Republic. Uh, it actually comes with a couple of different weapon options for the front of the vehicle. So you can decide how you want to lay down suppressive fire and that kind of thing. But it also comes with different head options for the troopers. So you can either have them with their sort of recon style scout masks, or you can have them with traditional sort of Gen 1, 2 style um, clone trooper helmets as well, uh, which That's is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So you can play around with that and kind of like look towards the the change in uh, the, uh, the status quo. Yeah, I think right. there's a lot. I'd like to see a lot more of the stuff actually be multi-generation. Yes, that would be cool. Yeah. Because obviously there's there's going to be a cross section there where the clones uh, from the Republic and the Empire are using the same kit. Yeah, it wouldn't take much to include another set of cards and then just yeah. open up some more options. Well, the, the the obviously the Bad Batch has been out on Disney Plus recently, and that is very much centered around that period of the crossover between the Republic and the Empire becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of stuff in there where there's a lot of the clone troopers are wearing different armor and different helmets and weapons and that kind of thing. So, yeah, definitely something that I I think they'll do in the future. Uh, as I said, would be very awesome to see some Bad Batch Bad Batch miniatures because there are plenty of people out there who are already doing them. 
but uh, obviously it'll be obviously cool to see them officially done by Atomic Mass as well. Um, this I just wanted to go back to something we I don't think we covered because I think we were off that week. Uh, but yes. we also had some additional stuff for this kind of battle of the Sheik uh, during the, the Clone Wars. So we also had a couple of new characters and some miniatures and stuff alongside some additional vehicles, which are, which are going to be added in. So you've got the super tactical droid, which a lot of people who have watched the Clone Wars TV series will be very, very familiar with. Paint him in some black and gold, and he'll look very resplendent. Uh, but yeah, if you want someone to lead your forces that's not a member of the Sith, then that's a cool option for you to dive into and have add added to your collection you've also got the ig100 magda guards uh, so if you want to fight mm. on the bridge of a star cruiser uh, against a couple of jedis uh, then they will be very cool i've always liked the look of the magna guards even though they never really were given much of a fair shout in the movie um, no. <laughs> no and they were really talked up in the book and the novelization um the, the whole point was that each one of them cost the equivalent of the gdp of a small wow. planet <laughs> because they were deliberately or they were specifically built to take on jedi mm-hmm. uh, and as such they were double hard so-and-so's and also didn't, didn't last that long in the movie no no they well they came Cut up against, them, yeah. yeah they came up against obi-wan uh the very paragon of being a jedi and unfortunately his sith apprentice um <laughs> but they've, they've got options that you don't see there because uh, i know they're coming with a um rocket launcher and electro whip as well so you can build them with their uh, four staffs or shock staffs and then there's also going to be the the variants with the electro whip and with the big anti-tank uh, gear as well so plenty of options in there on hard plastics nice to see more of the hard plastic oh, stuff yes. coming yeah but it also slows down their production because the tooling on those is <laughs> is much more involved than the uh, the previous one so when a bad batch comes out and it suddenly becomes a hit the, the turnaround on that is, you know, it's, it's like a, a massive boat in the middle of the Suez Canal. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not exactly turning Very on true. a dime there. Yeah. Uh, we also got a couple of new vehicles that were previewed a couple of weeks ago. So you've got the DSD-1 Dwarf yeah. Spider Drone. I love this thing. So if you like goggly eyes on, on robots, once again, uh, with your little brum features, uh, then you can <laughs> add this into the mix, which I think is really cool. Again, very familiar with a lot of people who have seen the, like the fighting Kashyyyk. But I think, were these, uh, were these on Geonosis as well? They were on remember. Geonosis. They, they yeah. were on Geonosis. Yeah. The bigger ones were on Geonosis. Mm-hmm. But people may remember these from oh, Obi-Wan and Cody when they went to Cat. Uh, Capture Grievous. Oh, right. There's a yeah. bit where you actually get a, a clone trooper jumps on top of one and fires the that rifle straight into its head. No, no, it's it's like Clatu or something like that. Ah, They've okay. got the Nikto with the people with the yeah. stripy faces. Right, right. Yeah. Clone, or was it droids? Level 13, thousands <laughs> of them. Well, now's the time for warriors. Is he yeah. bringing anybody else? He didn't say. <laughs> Just Obi Wan being Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah, so you get them shot in the back of the head. Uh, you've also then got the Radal Nasp Fluttercraft, which will have been seen from mm. a mere moment almost in the Clone Wars. Uh, sorry, not in the Revenge of the Sith when they're fighting on Kashyyyk. Yeah. Uh, so this is one that you see that very happy looking Wookiee flying around as the wind blows his fur oh, as he guns down droids from a high vantage point. It's a bit of a shame that, you know, that battle scene Kashyyyk could have been like one of the most epic battles ever. And it's glossed over in about 30 seconds. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it was massive in um, Battlefront, though. 
It was. I I, not not these great, modern yeah. ones because I haven't played any of the modern ones, but when, when Battlefront came out, the, the Kashyyyk location, oh, yeah. the Kashyyyk map was huge. And you really got into you got into all of that nonsense there. And obviously, just break out the Creedence Clearwater Revival and just start playing Fortunate <laughs> Sun as you're flying around the place. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a really cool little collection of stuff they're doing with mm. this. I really like that they're putting this extra effort into the mechanized element of the Clone Wars period. Because sure. this is... This is one of the things that I think a lot of people look at. The You've got the two, obviously, the two different periods of Star Wars that they've been dealing with. In the Republic era, you've got lots of, um, not the Republic, in the Reb Rebellion era, you've got loads of vehicles and stuff. But a lot more of it is kind of like ragtag bands of soldiers fighting against stormtroopers and that kind of thing. Whereas in the Clone Wars, each side had dozens of tanks and you know, flyers and all sorts of different things. So it's nice to see that they're actually kind of like building on this to try and make Legion a little bit of a bigger game. I mean, I obviously quite like it as a smaller, more skirmishy thing, but I love that they've put this stuff in for those people that want to play out larger games on larger tables, which I think is cool. We've one final bit of news taking us away from a galaxy a long time ago, <laughs> but uh, staying in space, and it is more stuff from Osprey and Stargrave. Yeah, so uh, next month sees the release of Quarantine 37, which is uh, a supplement for Stargrave, which we talked about during Stargrave Week. So if you want to find out a little bit more about that, you can go and watch our discussion with Joseph M. McCullough about that and, uh, uh, and dive into that. Uh, but it's A. It's a McCullough. M is the Hewitt. <laughs> the Hewitt. Yeah. There we Mac. go. I've confused. Yeah. But um, yeah, so... Uh, the guys over at North Star, who obviously do a lot of miniatures and stuff alongside Osprey for their games, have put together a bunch of pre-order bundles. So you can order the book, which comes with those two markers uh, um, for you to use as loot tokens of the game. Uh, you've got a digital one and a physical one there. Uh, so for hacking and for stealing. Uh, and then you also have a couple of new metal bundles. So uh, obviously, we've been talking about the idea of making fantastic crews of aliens and pirates and vagabonds and that kind of thing. These bundles allow you to dive in and effectively get a whole bunch of different characters that you could use for captains, first mates, specialists, or perhaps even NPCs that are trying to hunt down your group as you're playing the game because you have the likes of like pirates showing up and all kinds of things like that. Uh, so they've got two bundles, one for those people that backed the previous mix starter for Stargrave and one for those people that are new to the game. They are also doing three different sets of plague zombies. So you're going to have plague zombies, plague soldiers, and uh, a big bloater. Uh, Plague Zombie as well, which uh, isn't pictured, unfortunately, because they haven't got the meta yet, uh, but they're going to be available to pre-order ahead of the release of Quarantine 37 in September. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested yeah. in diving into Stargrave and fighting off against the undead in space, <laughs> yeah, you'll have been, the option to do so. If you've so. been interested in Stargrave or if you've already been playing it, um, that book contains new powers, a couple of new classes, so you can be like a uh, an aristocrat, um, <laughs> new soldiers as well, gunslingers and people like that, as well as the uh, a bunch of narrative camp mini campaigns. I think you would call them. They're like five to six scenario campaigns running throughout the uh, the quarantine thirty seven. Very akin to uh, the stuff so, they've done for like Oathmark. Then yeah, got, yeah, yeah. So you've got all these little uh, chapters that build into a, a multi part, multi branching campaign over time, nice. and it's not all space zombies. It could be alien bugs it could be nanotech you never know what you're going to get uh, and in some cases it's up to you as well so interesting new rules and concepts to just sort of expand on what we already have for stargrave it's looking very very nice especially if people like to be chased through a dark ship in the middle of the night by a bug <laughs> if you're that in your life <laughs> this game has got that 
that wraps us up for the news for another week. And we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into some 3D printing. So we're back with 3D printing as the... <laughs> I get told off whenever I say that word. And he beeps it out, apparently. I don't know what's wrong with to be perfectly honest. Anyway, <laughs> this week we're going to be looking at Rocket Pig Games, which weirdly as a Patreon I found ages ago, and it keeps bubbling in and out of my conscious because they do um, Kickstarters every now and again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found uh, Christine's stuff when they were doing the first of their Monsters uh, Kickstarters, but they started, oh, years ago with uh, a cheap and cheerful way of doing dungeons and terrain mm. uh, for dungeon crawlers. And then from that, they went to very sort of basic and easy to print um, miniatures to populate your dungeons, especially at that stage. FDM was the order of the day, not resin. So they're a little low res in comparison uh, to what you see an awful lot of these days. But if people are just still tinkering around with FDM printers, it's a great way to go. Um, but they've not rested on their laurels and they have released more and more stuff over time in a mixture of Kickstarters and patrons um, and have been building a catalog. I'd like to start where they started with their tile system. I think so. Um, so mm, tile cool. scheme dungeon. The Gothic one is the one that Lloyd's going to love, but we're going to start with yeah. where they started. Um, this is cool. Yeah. Which, which is a 3D or 2.5D, if you're into your, your Warrenism walls, um, dungeon setup where they, they have this um, substructure for your tiles nice. that you can then sort of build together to make a modular um, affair when you're constructing your, your dungeon so they can be put together any way, shape, or form you want or need to. Mm-hmm. And within this, you obviously have your usual, you know, tiles, walls, sconces, buttressing. Uh, but there's also some quirky things in there. And amongst your sort of rocky cavern floors and, and steps, there's a, a mimic floor, which is particularly nice because you rarely see a mimic floor. Yeah. Oh dear, yeah. You've walked down a corridor and uh, your halfling sky at front has been eaten. <laughs> what by? By the floor. Mm. I turn around and go the other way. Where is that's, it? That's no way. Oh, it'll, it'll be right. It'll be right down the bottom. Um, I'll open you can some see things on my way. Well, you you do you. So things like you've got very steampunky bits in there as well. You see things like the sewer pipes and the pump systems and stuff like that, which is very good for Victoriana for your your mythos, your um, uh, twisted and things like that. Where you want some street urchins to be playing with a sewer golem, you know, mm. put them in a sewer. Could it's be good for Malifaux. Yeah, yeah, Malifaux, excellent. Yeah. And you can see there. It's, That's neat. Oh, and because these are the earlier stuff, these are obviously they print very well on resin, but they were originally designed to be printable to a high degree on both uh, the, the extruded FDM thingies and uh, and resin printers. So these are a little bit more low res than people are probably used to these days, but these are the very beginnings, the, the seed from which the massive oak tree has blossomed forth. <laughs> Do you want to have a, a we click on some other things in here before we move on? Oh, here it is. Because you'll get trapped forever in here. There that is go. awesome. I really like that. That's so creepy. Yeah. Isn't it? You wouldn't set foot on that tile. I don't know. It's strangely attractive. I can't, I can't remember what tile you would step on. That would be less terrible. <laughs> Imagine if you step on any of the uh, 
diagonal ones, then you're going to just step on its eye and it will scream, at which mm. point the floor is screaming. That is terrifying. Roll your sand. Roll your sand. Obviously, all the incidentals, your treasure chests, your walls, doors, gatehouse, guardhouses, tables, chairs, it's all there if you're looking to get into your dungeon crawling. But that's that's not what we want to focus on. I know, you, I know you definitely want to see the Gothic City oh. tilescape because it's not just a dungeony tilescape. There are also terrain parts in here, and there's one in particular that I know oh. somebody will oh, spot. This. There we go. <laughs> there's the old pepper. <laughs> so sometimes you might need a more sinister looking train to put on your lovely train tracks in your Augusta uh, run downtown and here you have it I mean that thing screams steampunk and the wild <laughs> yeah, west yeah. Uh, how do you keep all those damn train robbers off your train with a massive <laughs> gun turret on the back yeah. so you keep them off or you can imagine that you know in a wild awesome. west exodus styley you know, I'm trying to get through the uh, the Union lines, mm. and I shall do it by gunning down everybody who comes near me with cannon. <laughs> oh, I got a station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, this, this is why we're here. This is why I didn't want you to spend all the time on their very first little whimsical dungeon. Oh, what's a weird they've, they've portal thing? They've moved on so much since then. So much. Man, well, you can send you a train through the Stargate. Yeah, well, you know, very Malifaux-esque. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they have that whole other world. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you go on the other side, harvest all around you, and then get out before things go terribly wrong. And the steamships and dockyards, it's a very comprehensive world. I love the, the, the lighthouse. It's amazing. Yeah. I was I just really like that. that. Well. Yeah. Oh, that my God. so cool. Rock coast. Although I like to oh, it's modular rocks and goats as well. <laughs> so yeah. you can build it up in sections. Oh. And, and all you need is a um, tiny Willem Dafoe model. And you're sorted. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and Batman, whatever his name is. Rob, Robert, Robert Patterson. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. For all fans of Twilight, they should definitely check that out. <laughs> be all wow. that you can be. That oh, yeah. The, cool. the ships. Ships. I see no ships. All right, then I see a few ships. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, mm, it, it's not a small build, but it could be oh, wow, your, okay. your it could be your entire gaming table if you wanted to be. You could hinge it and open it like Sylvanian oh. families. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. And then put birds and bashes in it. Put birds and bashes in it. Would be steampunk. <laughs> oh my word, Sylvanian families to the death. Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there are also little incidental pieces in here again. So you can populate that. You can have a stateroom filled with beds, um, you know, all the accoutrement that the, the finest would demand. Uh, likewise, you can have your church with a Gothic organ or your uh, buildings completely filled, the tavern with kegs and, and barrels of beer and all the rest, and uh, even vomiting wall traps. <laughs> There, because why not? Well, you know, if people are willing to go down a corridor, then they deserve to be vomited on by a wall trap. I'm just saying. There they are. See? Do they have them in the non? Do they are they do have the? Do they have them in the non-vomiting form? Uh, they don't. Uh, I haven't noticed them, yeah. but at this point, Justin would say you just drop it into Blender and then cut it off, yeah. crop it out, <laughs> uh, and then swizzle yeah. your wob wobs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's what 3D printing is, swizzling wob wobs. You do, sure. 
You did an easy 25-step plan, according to Justin, yeah. to make it better. Yeah. So what's the problem? Oh. Why would you want them in a non-vomiting form? That's because a so you your, so you your players them. don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then oh. you can just swap out a section full of vomiting ones. I'm going to walk later. down this corridor. All those statues are vomiting <laughs> acid. Um, I'm going to turn around. Bollocks. <laughs> oh, you just magnetize your vomiting and non-vomiting ones. That's true. Swap yeah, the vibes. Yeah. Then your players are going to be like, why do all those statues have magnets on their hands? <laughs> they'll get caught once and then they'll get so paranoid that they won't pass another one ever again. <laughs> I, I once played a D&D campaign where my group refused to sleep without four mm. people on guard because I kept ambushing them. And they were like, we're not sleeping. <laughs> without four people on guard? Yep. How many was in this D&D group if four of them were awake? Six of us. <laughs> Two people sleep. Yeah. Forward stand watch. Yeah. One facing every cardinal point. That is the sort of paranoia I love as a GM. Very um, Ogrima kind of. Well, yeah. shall we move away from here? Because yeah. oh. oh. if you say Ogrimar, I say Orc Tuskland. This is where I've seen them before then. The Orc yes. Tuskland stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say potato, I say potato. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's that's uh, bad. And this this brings us not just into because there is terrain as well, but also miniatures. Um, so they've really gone whole hog with the Tusklands, up to and including squig off sized beasts. Uh, if anybody remembers those, mm, yes. you two can rampage about the uh, the barons with your dusty, filthy orcs. I'm not saying they should all be put back into camps in Hillsbrad, but there's a reason there were camps in Hillsbrad. So. Wow. Man, they've got a really nice section of just oh, there's your, a couple of your pages, bog standard yes. troops yeah. as well. So you can make a fairly varied unit yeah, if you're using these for ranked up stuff. Yeah, the, the Tusklands yeah. are particularly good because it, you've got various weapon options as well. So you have um, great axe, bow, spear, swords, general <sighs> minks, and, and huge... Armored lunatics, I think, is the best way to say it. You know, people with so much armor on them, I don't think they can bend. Do they have um, a thrall in there? They don't. They, 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 the models, while they have that flavor of Warcraft, have, they don't really lean into it. But one of the things uh, that you may notice is that the poses are relatively static, again, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that they print with relatively little trouble. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not one of these people who are mad keen on angling for the best most advantageous support structure and all that you just go nah just hit print and walk away and they should do the job a treat would be good for proper work. like ranked up stuff so if you're making like yeah. a, king, a kings of war army these would be perfect oh god yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and also little goblins and friends as well awesome you're, you're still on the first couple of pages oh is there pages <laughs> and pages of oh, this there, there, there's the the next page is mostly goblins. The page after that is mostly ogres. And then wow. the last page and a half is all the terrain, including buildings, siege towers, and uh, boats, even. Christ alive. That's the bunny. <laughs> yep. That's a flying goblin hound. Wow. I don't know what it is, but I want one. It's chompy, and that's the main thing. <laughs> I, want the, I want the armored one. Yeah. So obviously, if you're a fan of Teddy oh. Ruxpin, <laughs> that's that's robot wars with actual animals instead yeah, yeah, of robots. Yeah. Sir Chomps a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Well, yeah, so I, see, I, oh, I, oh, oh, look at this. stuff. Oh. Tuscan giant. You don't want to catch one of them coming at you. Forget that. I want to see the better Oliphant model. The, the Tusk, Tusk Titan. Titan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's one of only several large tusked horned creatures and not just in the orc section because they have built up quite a collection of um, monster miniatures as well, including some that look like they wouldn't be uh, out of place beyond the wall with giants on their backs. <laughs> Gee whiz. Oh. Are, we, are we going any further? Is there terrain yeah, or if, something if, you want to get jump to? Jump to page four. Oh, uh, hello. Shoot. Oh, there you go. There's a lot of the fortress bits and pieces. This yeah. is not all that page three, half of page three is also terrain, but you get a fairly good Ogrimari feel. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Orc Coliseum right there. I've, I've been in the Grand Arena. It's a terrible place, full of terrible <laughs> people. What Orc Coliseum? Uh, I think you're only on page three. You need to go right to the end to see the, the majesty. Oh. Like I said, that's only some. Oh, that gets opened on the way. Mm. Oh, here it is. Tides of darkness, yeah. Oh, that's that. awesome. S stick a few columns in the middle of that and get your 2v2 PvP on. Mm. Try and get your uh, gear wow. up to I scratch. Mean, you're you're going to have to do it at some stage because the actual game won't exist much longer. <laughs> that, is <true. laughs> that is true. But yeah, the, uh, the Tusklands is a barren waste <laughs> uh, full of some gorgeous stuff including a four-legged Baba Yaga's hat <laughs> you know why just not? because 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 it's a wonderful thing well they do like, trees and stuff as well so you can yeah. actually populate the thing oh yeah that, li literally if you want to play something um the whole premise behind this was it's it's run by a, a family of um gamers and the idea is if they want to do something, then they can just do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so they don't need to go to other places to find foliage and the like. You should be able to get heroes <laughs> and miniatures and whatever it happens to be all in the one place. You've wandered off to Look at that beastie. Croc Rider. <laughs> wow. Mm. wow. Certainly a different type of orc cavalry, isn't it? I like that you've got the unarmored version as well, so you can yeah. have it just be a creature that you turn up, you, it, it turns up in a swamp somewhere. Yeah, mm. Stay in the boat. Oh, <laughs> the boat's gone. <laughs> Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Yeah. But uh, shall we wander on and take a look at some of the, I suppose, bigger things? Mm. If you have a look at Monster Miniatures Deluxe, the, these are exactly what it says in the tin. Big things. Deluxe. Oh, oh, wow. deluxe. Deluxe meaning massive in this case. So let's just open a smattering of these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it and there's so so many weird and wacky things in there. There's an infernal war machine that again smacks of uh of some World of Warcraft strategy game style things. Oh, I like this. It's a bit reminiscent of the Rancor. Hmm. He skipped, leg, he skipped leg day. Um... With fists that big, you don't need to worry about legs. <laughs> you don't need to worry. Wow. I used to have two Rancor monsters that my mum gave them away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, moving on. <laughs> yeah, uh, eclectic mix of just bigger monsters mm -hmm. from things like the Guardian of Time, um, which is just a particularly nice looking sort of ancient elemental uh, to your sea jokers and your shore lurkers and all sorts of 
weird and wacky and huge and frightening. I like the, the plane strider looks fascinating. Just something yeah. like a bit weird and, and warped almost. Yeah. yeah. Obviously a lot of these are D and D centric. Yeah, yeah. So they will be yeah. for specific things, but, uh, there's some some stuff that's the phrase it's not right yet comes to mind <laughs> that, that that's not right that is not right look at the look at the pointy bit the stinger it's I, almost I, as big as a stinger there was a there was a flipping hornet chasing me around the garden at the weekend <laughs> i hadn't seen a hornet here before and its uh-huh. stinger was like a centimeter long and it was chasing me about and i was trying to hit it with like a little fly swatter thing and it just and it the noise it made <laughs> really scary stuff but apart from the uh, the big monster deluxes, there are also uh, their their first monster range, which again is more of a D and D feel. So you see the epic kits is a good way, but the, the monsters up top is. Oh, is this which one do you want to yeah. go to? So uh, monster, monster miniatures, miniatures yeah. yeah. So this is effectively them going through the monster manual and being like, "Yeah, this would be cool if this existed." I don't want to buy it in whiz kids plastic. Yeah, here's a here's a new version. Of it. So so people who play a lot of of uh, RPGs with miniatures will oh. find a lot of the monster <laughs> manual bits and pieces in here. It's yetis, you know, yeti is yeti. Uh, monsters was not well one of their earlier ones. Uh, so you'll 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 see there's a definite progression of detail over time. The start hearted heroes are probably the I think the earliest miniatures they did right. and are the, the least um, detailed, which means they should print out a treat very quickly for anybody wanting to uh, to bang out a lot of stuff very quickly. Um, but if you want to do a bit more detailed bits and pieces, if you want to go for a fungal giant. I know That's, one man who uh, would love a fungal giant <laughs> in his life. What a shame. What a shame he's not here. Uh, oh, well, too bad. Go that way. The thing that I quite like about this is that whenever a lot of the times when you see things to do with the monster manual, mm. you'll be like, oh, I want to pick up, you know, a certain selection of things like a bone giant and then mm. a flesh golem and then, you know, a dragon or a tentacle beast or a displacer beast or something. Mm. But the likelihood is that you'll find things where a company will do one of those things, yeah. but not the others. So you'll have a, a kind of disparate style between mm. your collection. Yep. Whereas if you've got something like this, which enables you to 3D print things yep. in the same style from the same Come company, on. it means you'll be able to go through the entire of the Monster Manual and have a consistent yeah. tone and quality to everything. Which yeah. really I'd good. like to point out, Lloyd's not at the bottom of the first page. Yes, there's another <laughs> million pages. There's like 280-odd miniatures in this selection. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 259 items. There you go. <laughs> so so don't feel you have to open every miniature because you'll not get through them all. Oh, have a look at this necromancer. Oh, and I'll have a look at this big bug. Yeah. <laughs> and they're velociraptors, uh, quaxy coodles, or whatever they're called. So you've got your old feathered serpents. There's all sorts of, of wizard wheezes in here. Um, and in amongst them, you'll find sort of player characters or NPC characters as well that you can oh. use. So, you know, humans in a variety of outfits and gear for paladins or anti-paladins or artificers or whatever it happens to be. I wonder if they have any more of these, use them as vespids. <laughs> they probably do. They probably do. There's a whole host of mimics as well. There's particularly good ones, set of snowman mimics. Um, oh, wow. Which is great if you're looking to get your kids out of Frozen and into D&D, <laughs> or, or if you just want to give them therapy 
for a long <laughs> period of time. That works too. It's quite a lot of insecty looking things. Yep. Oh. Well, it's very easy to send your heroes off to go and kill insect things. So, yeah. yeah, it's very easy to send your heroes off to be killed by insect things, That's I think true. is what you meant yeah. to say there. No, yes, true. Yeah. Oh, look at this guy. The crimson capper, like a red cap. Yeah. Oh, yep. Anybody remember Troll? Yes. <laughs> the TV, <laughs> the movie? Mm. <laughs> no. Oh, you missed out, John. Go and watch it. It contains, <laughs> uh, it contains Friends. Was she in Troll 2? Jennifer Aniston. Oh right. No, she was in two, I think. That that is something she doesn't want to admit to. I'm gonna say that <laughs> right off the bat. Anyway, as you can see, dozens slash hundreds of things in there. Um before we get completely lost. Oh dear. Dwarven Lich. Awesome. Oh look at that guy. The Shadow Fae, yeah. Right. Where- there, one last thing I want to have a look at is Death Haven. So Death Haven is sort of a more horror-based oh, okay. right. um, range. So uh, they're, they're a little bit more monstrous mm-hmm. uh, and maybe a little less D&D-esque um, moving into your sort of your Cthulhu, but there's some weird and wacky stuff in here. <laughs> and, and for any Night Stalker players out there for Kig's War... Oh, God, these would be perfect, yeah. You know, I'm just saying, uh, some of my favorite <laughs> ones are are lurking in amongst here. Uh, and there's also for fans of things like Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. You've got those, uh, I'm trying to remember what they're called, Demigorgon, although it's Demi-Gorgons, not actually a Demigorgon yeah, yeah. in, yeah. the model isn't a Demigorgon model. In no, those. no, no. But its name escapes me. Um, but I absolutely love things like the Flesh Fused Mulder, um, which is just... Which one's that? Oh, it's it's on the next page. Oh. It's uh, words... Don't describe it. I, um, I think it's unfolding well, or opening. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's magical. These would be amazing for um, Rain in Hell. Oh the, God, yes, uh, the game yeah. by Lo- Adam Loper. These yeah, would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, where's this thing I'm looking for? Oh, uh, up, where are we? Are we on page two? Yeah. Uh, scroll up. Oh, up. Stop. Flesh. There you go. Flesh fused Mulder. That's the bunny. Oh, my days. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Isn't it? Mm. Where do the uh, mouths end and the feet oh, begin? Oh, you know, that there are uh, questions to be asked. Oh, I like this. Wow. Though. That's well creepy. That's just your average, everyday, regular banshee. Oh. Fire not hand. Yeah, oh, you can imagine that walking across the landscape, laying eggs out of its mouth or something, yeah. just oh, dropping them onto the. If you want to see something laying eggs, uh, the last page. Oh, this looks like familiar to me. Oh, do you know what that looks like? It looks Justin. a bit. <laughs> it looks a bit like the the monkey type aliens that are in evolution. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, they don't last long. Wow. Oh. I will say that. Apart from Rock Pig Games website, they also have a My Mini Factory. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's much of a difference. I haven't checked the prices for things. I, I imagine fairly similar. I, think. I imagine My Mini Factory takes a cut. I would assume so. And so if you want to sort of help them out, probably best to go direct. They are, after yeah. all, just 
STL files, so I can't really see much of a difference unless you happen to be in somewhere in the world where it makes more sense to use my mini factory. I, I don't know. Um, but they, we have a Patreon link as well. They actually have two Patreons. So the death, the death haven creepy stuff we've just been looking at is a separate Patreon. Ah, okay. Right. Presumably. Not everyone wants that Not stuff, everybody wants that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or maybe you just want to shield children from, I don't know. Um, but they have a rocket pig games and then they also have the, um, patron.com slash death haven or one word. Uh, so you can see what's coming and get involved with those. <laughs> and every now and again, Christina and, and, and the rocket pig crew do kickstarters. If they, if they have something that requires a sort of a, a big push, but I think now that they've got the catalog sort of well-developed from the initial mm, sort of yeah. monsters and terrain and stuff they've done i think they're probably going to go um more patron focused um rather than than actually lay into something sort of massive um, nice but you know we'll see in future you never know but that is um the shizney of 3d printing <laughs> my work here is done <laughs> very impressive jerry very cool shall we have a look at a kickstarter before we, we say shall. fare thee well did you win one of our prizes Find out on our prize claim centre over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. The Kickstarter we're going to be looking at this week is from Signum Games. Mm. We had a nosy ad as an indie. Uh, we did. La- last month. Yeah, yeah. Earlier this month. Yeah. Time blurs during <laughs> COVID time. Uh, but they are currently on Kickstarter with the Kitsune clan. Uh, which is a starter pack for the Legends of Signum game. So this is their deck building uh, board game come tabletop game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, it's leaning into your Japanese-themed multi-tailed fox people. And they have a, a whole host of miniatures, including koi carp riding figures, which is just a... <laughs> The weirdest cavalry I have ever seen slash assembled in my life. Now, this would make me sign up to Foxy Bingo. There we go. That is the avatar (laughs) of Inara, and that is just enormous. Wow. In fact, it's over my shoulder on my shelf side, (laughs) because I've just been building a set of these for an unboxing that's going out next week. Um, So these are resin miniatures. Ogre-sized people familiar with it so it's 28 mil but these are big so they're sort of right, 40, okay. 40 to 60 mil heroic to the max yeah <laughs> um, and the way the game works is you have a hero which in this case is Fumiko the sorceress princess the lady sitting on her dragon throne um, and when you play your game you build a uh, you draft a set of cards for a deck um, and you also draft a set of cards for a city deck as well and as you build they give you access to characters that can come in to support you when you're playing your actual tabletop game. So you've got like a, a card part of the the turn, building stuff up, summoning new creatures, minions, uh, or even sometimes terrain onto the board. Uh, and the objective is to uh, kill the opponent hero as quickly as humanly possible. Um, and this, this takes in a whole other direction. Up until now, we've seen quite a lot of werewolves uh humans and elves in a a more classic fantasy setting um 
but they've gone with this uh, Scarlet Forest setting for mm. the, the Kitsune, or Kitsune, I don't know how it's pronounced. I think it's Sunni. Anyway, there's a lot going on because when you get down a bit further, you should start to see uh, a lot oh, more of the add-ons. add-ons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. There, is a, there is a starter set, um, but beyond the starter set, you'll be able to pick these miniatures up individually. And as we've seen after the Kickstarter, these will be available both as STLs and as actual resin figures. Um, so if you want to have a set of Koi Carp Cavalry, you've got a caster, a fighter, and an archer there. I mean, that's great. The Avatar of Inari, That's superb. That miniature is beyond belief. If I could get up, I can't because I hurt my back and I'm not moving. It's about 16 centimeters tall. Wow. And it's riding on a cloud base. and But the, the base itself is 80, 80 mil round. So it sort of spirals up to form this massive column of dragon. And that's just a character. That's not even a hero in the game. That's just somebody you summon in when people need whacked down. You whap and they go away from you. I absolutely adore these. Um, they are really been, nice. Yeah. yeah. But they've been unlocking a lot of stuff. So game-wise, if, if you are playing Legends of Signum, there are... Uh, minions and bits and bobs that you can uh, summon in and they're just represented by tokens in the game however they are unlocking uh, they're like little fox spirits so you could replace the tokens with actual little tiny miniature versions on just like a little 30 mil base <laughs> have a bunch of foxes running about the place stabbing people up instead brilliant brilliant and it's uh, it's a fascinating set of miniatures especially if you're just into painting Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think you need to be into to the Legends of Signum game to lay your hands on these, especially because we know they will be coming out uh, individually. I mean, there's some of those there. So that little foxy thing at the top is just, you, you can replace your token with that. And I think you should. Because <laughs> it looks better than a little minion token. Um, That's one of the things that I quite liked about what they were doing with the stretch goals is that it's not, like the add-ons are there to give you more miniatures if you want them. Yes. The stretch goals are there to kind of give you alternatives to a lot of the stuff that already exists. So yeah. either upgrading components or upgrading elements of miniatures and stuff, which I think is really cool. So it kind of, it doesn't bloat stuff too much. Yeah. Especially for a Kickstarter that's very focused on a particular idea of like, we're producing a starter set kind of thing. Yeah, that, you can see Dragon Lady there. <laughs> yes, would be the answer, yes. I, I, yeah, it really, I mean, it's one of the nicest celestial dragons I've seen full stop because sometimes they look a bit, eh. um, it's one of those things in art, they look fantastic, but then whenever you see them rendered onto a, a resin form, uh, they tend to end up looking a bit dog-like or, you know, they, they look a bit eh, around the face. I've never really seen one that looks the job. I particularly like the fact it is floating along on some little celestial cloud. <laughs> that's just gorgeous. Um, I do still, I must have a look at that later on because there's a second, yeah, there's a second long ribbon from stole and I can't work out the glue point for it. But I see it's just cropping out from the other side of the, uh, the lady wow. on the, the, the top there. Let's so see. it's definitely, definitely worth checking out. Already well-funded. Hmm. They'll have 14 days to go for 14 the days, yeah. Of, Two weeks. Yeah. Did you see this? So sweet. Plenty of time to jump yeah. in and take part in that. And like I say, if people are interested in seeing exactly what the miniatures look like, uh, Monday, the, the prototype that they sent me is going out is on our unboxing on Monday. 
so there'll still be 10 days left at that stage anyway uh, but the the miniatures are gorgeous there's a there's a little fennec fox with the world's biggest sword <laughs> as a little tiny scout the only thing bigger than a sword are his ears because he's just kind of <laughs> ripping out of the uh, the forest into people so yeah fascinating stuff and very different as far as a fantasy setting goes mm. we talked about that, that during the indie anyway but uh yeah want to check out if you're into your oriental fox spirits i think that wraps us up it's a mm. jam-packed show very much so. everyone have a lie down <laughs> i need to go on. i need to go order some flipping grace well <laughs> yeah you can do that that cart's uh, burning away in the background Pay for oh, me, yeah, Pay you, for you me. Don't, you, don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to forget about it, close the window, and then not go back. That would be terrible. She's definitely ordered that now. We are going to be back on Sunday, uh, where we'll be having our weekly waffle on all things hobby. And if you fancy joining us there, if you're not already a member of the Cult of Games, then you can come across, get a 30-day tr- uh, trial, and uh, join in and see what we've been up to and what the hobby community have been up to as well. And don't forget, if you want a chance to win that Kill Team box set, you need to be a subscriber to the channel, and you need to do it quickly, because we're closing in on that 100,000 subs very, very quickly. But until Sunday, bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.